can't have a link when I was watching live and in passing buttfucker. Go to Como4.com, duck, find the link in top stories and find the bitch yourself. Want me to hold your fucking hand the rest of your life? Break free, AZ. There's a wealth of knowledge right at your fingertips. Another one. All right, we the best. I'm out. You know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Okay, we're gathered here today for our long-awaited anti-Oregon episode. Uh, we've got myself, uh, Derek Johnson, and co-host Joey Dangerously and Willie Duke, and a couple of special guests. One of them's definitely on. It's a hey from the boards at Hardcore Husky. And I'm trying to look at my thing here. If we have we have a second guest coming on, and I'm not sure he's there because I'm looking into my system here, and I'm, it's unclear if he's on. Okay. Kayvon, can you hear me? Are you there? <laughs> Kayvon. Okay, I guess he's not there yet. Our producer will be working on that, but we're going to go ahead and start the show. Good job. Uh, Good job. <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, this is basically me just making sure we don't get banned from Spotify or whatever, but uh, this is, uh, this started as a, uh, Joey Dangerously, Willie Duke's uh, baby, the the anti-Oregon show, and then knowing how much Hay hates Oregon, I invited him on. So, uh, Willie, we're going to start with you. Take it away. Oregon's a fabricated program. They're bought by Phil Knight. They're as phony as plastic. Take it from there, buddy. Yeah, you know all the singles, but you don't know the deep cuts, uh, clearly. Uh no, I, I think I wanted to get it started. You know, I don't want to make this sound too, you know, much like the Coug and where your identity is hating, you know, programs. So I, I thought it might be good to start off by saying, you know, the things you do respect about uh, the, you know, the Oregon program, you know, to be fair in all regards, I don't have anything. So I was wondering if anyone else has anything that they, uh, <laughs> that they respect about the Oregon program. Well, they've maintained a level of success yeah. for an extended period of time. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and just go real quick. Um, you know, going to the uh, Stanford game this year, um, you know, you got like your typical like kind of limp dick atmosphere. You've got Husky fans rooting for WSU to beat Oregon on the TV as you're, you know, at the bars and stuff before you're about to play Stanford. You know, going down to Eugene, like, you got to appreciate the passion that they have. Um, there's definitely posters on the board who are know their shit when it comes to football. And, 
you've, you know, it's kind of like Utah, right? Like you got to respect that they have a lot of people who are super passionate, super into it. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of give it to them that, um, some of them really know what the, what they're talking about. So there's no lack of effort. There's no lack of effort with the program. I, uh, I won't say that they're they're relentless and it prevented them, I think, from ever truly bottoming out. Uh, Hey, Willie, is there, yeah. Willie, is there any way you can get closer to the mic? Cause you sound like you're way away. Uh, I was trying to go for an effect. Uh, I was trying to go for like the that you're uh, laying on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I'll give. Uh, I will give. I do Oregon credit for some stuff. Uh, one, I think, you know, the Kip Kelly hire as an offensive coordinator and promoting him to head coach were both gigantic. You know brass balls moves of like that could have went so horribly uh both times and they were the kind of program that would make those kinds of moves uh instead of like hiring randy edsel or something like that so and that really is what has uh blown their program up i mean there's there's definitely credit to you know the nike thing is the hiv uh but kip kelly is the AIDS. uh i mean or maybe it's the other way around, but like the Nike <laughs> stuff definitely fucks things up and makes them, you know, competitive. But outside of Kip Kelly, uh, they won the conference in '94, which was a weird year, and they lost the Rose Bowl. They won in 2001, had a really good year, and they've won in 2019. Uh, you know, the year when Helfrich, that's basically Kip Kelly. Mariota was still there. Uh, so that's mostly it. I mean, the Kip Kelly thing is just gigantic for them. And they that was a move that they made twice on their own that Washington would have been way too uh, kicking to ever try to do uh, and, and do correctly. So, you know, good on them for that. With that fuck Kip Kelly, fuck the hurry up. Uh, I said it was a gimmick and it wasn't going to last. And all the nerds, media nerds on Twitter and stuff like that were like, <laughs> well, no, it's the future of football. It's like, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. So that's well, okay, I want to push back on that. What? Uh, so if you look at Washington's 46 defense from 89 to 92, you could say that that was a gimmick that was relatively short-lived as well, but look what it paid off. And then, and then if we went into the Lambo years and it became almost a caricature and an obvious liability when people adjusted to it. And so. Well, they want to hurry up. They didn't continue it once once Helfrich left. They actually went to this kind of shitty crystal ball pound the pets. Uh, no, my point. Which no, and I'm not here to defend. Twice. I'm not here to defend Oregon. I'm just here to, if I see something that I don't agree with, I'll hey, say bro, it regardless of who it defends. <laughs> no, well, I, you know, you, well, you guys know me, but, but here's the thing. By the way, by the way, I want to say, Wooly, again, your voice sounds like you're way far away. If there's any way while you're talking, if you can get close to the mic, that would be great. Um, uh, well, test, once Joey starts talking, we'll see, and maybe we'll just switch. We'll just go go on our, our, our own phones. <laughs> okay. okay, no, but what I was going to say is that when you say it's a gimmick, that it sounds like you're putting it down, and yet if it results in 46 wins and seven losses and all, all the success they had – 
that you know that it's you can't discount that. I, yeah, I mean, you know, it was innovative at the time. So, no, well, then say it wasn't innovative. I, I don't, I never respected it. Uh, Fair enough. One and and what I was saying is, I would say like this isn't going to last forever. The culture of football doesn't really like it. It won't be able to last. Uh, it won't really work in the NFL. And people will get t- won't want to commit to it because like the Kip Kelly thing also required like four hour practices like eating his like weird uh, vegan diet like hmm. all of that shit and it only it really worked well in that you know the weirdo uh, encampment that is Eugene and the guys who get stuck having the football there uh, it worked because it's like a silo and I'm sure. Uh, that worked, but it wasn't it, like people would argue with me when I was like, "Look, they're like, no, the future of football is just going to be nothing but the hurry up, and every game is going to be sixty-eight to sixty-four, and that just is what it is." And I, that was what I meant. Uh, I didn't mean that it didn't have mm. benefits. I mean, it definitely paid off. And a lot of what they, a lot of the stability and success they've had since Chip Kelly left is all. A lot of it's based on, you know, what they did there, and they had a time too where. The jerseys were kind of like a big thing, and now that's kind of getting played out. I, I think people are kind of, you know, not so much tuning it out, but it's like they keep pumping that up, and I don't think anyone really cares that much anymore. It's done every combination. So I, that was my – I'm done with that for now. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, college football goes in, like, these little spurts of, you know – phases and you know like a hundred years ago i mean you can ask race there when they're running the single wing every, every single team was running the, the single wing and then it kind of graduated to the uh you know like your triple options and houston veers and uh i think it was what wasn't it the 1981 sun bowl when uh uh washington beat texas like ten to seven or something like that. Oh, nineteen seventy nine. It was fourteen to seven. Fourteen to seven. Yeah, that was they were they were doing the uh, the feather defense, and that was pretty innovative at the time. And that kind of, um, you know, not it, it goes under the radar, but that kind of uh, stopped the. Uh, you know, the triple option and stuff, it kind of slowly fizzled out after that. You know, it took about 10 years to be, you know, it's basically, it's just a service academy offense. But anyways, it's like Chip Kelly at at the time, it was like it kind of college football was needed something new. And, yeah, Oregon, hmm. Oregon was the one team that had the balls to do it. But it wasn't totally new. I mean, Rich Rod was already doing uh, a lot of no huddle stuff at West Virginia and Steve Spurrier was doing the, uh, the uh, big placards with the pictures and stuff that meant that didn't mean shit <laughs> and just, and just fucked with teams heads. And uh, so he got a lot of credit for stuff that other people were already doing, but you know, I mean, who takes a guy, you know, like Jeremiah Masoli and all of a sudden he's, you know, fucking unstoppable. And I mean, it was, you know, it was, 
it was what it was at the time. It was, you know, it was an innovative move. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said it before. Washington could have made that higher, and they didn't. You know, we had we had uh, we had Tim Lapana. Okay, look. <laughs> <laughs> We have Tim Lobano, and he was gonna he's guaranteeing thirty five points per game, which was you know a lot of points fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I just it's it's really hard to hate Oregon during that era. I mean, this is the thing that they're making fun of Washington for. Like you go. You you go hire a badass coach and you become a badass team. Like you can't really hate that, um, regardless of what kind of offense he's running and this and that. Um, that was an era of Oregon football that is just I don't know. I didn't really have a lot of hatred for them. Uh, it just kind of was what it was. And uh, from Washington's standpoint, it's. Washington had uh, shot themselves in the dick so many times that it's it's hard hard to really uh, hate them for what they were doing at, at that point. Um, and that's a pretty ballsy move too. I mean, he was a like what he was like a nobody from the East Coast. New Hampshire, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. That's what really good programs do. They go hire badass coaches that other schools don't know about. And then they build a culture, um, you know, Oregon built a culture that was all about winning and kicking your ass. And, uh, you know, Chip Kelly during those years, he wasn't like Mario Cristobal, like freak out and like fire hose puke all over your stadium, like just get super ramped up on everything. Like he just was going to kick your ass. No, and, he, uh, and then walk would, out of your uh, stadium. So he would he would consistently yell at the officials for not going fast enough with the ball. Yep. It it became. I mean, the first year when uh, the first year was 2008, uh, when he was the offensive coordinator for Bilotti. and seven it was 07. It was 07? Yeah, the year Dennis Dixon. Yeah. So was he offensive coordinator the year after? He was Bilotti yeah. was getting shit for he running was, up the score on, yeah. on Washington. Bilotti was the head coach in 08, and that was his last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. 07, yeah. they hired Chip in 07. He was OC in 08, and they took over in 09. Okay, yeah. So, like, um, yeah. yeah, so he would be constantly braiding the officials for not going fast enough. And stuff I started to notice was, like, the chains never got set. And they were letting them snap the ball, and you couldn't get uh, the defense couldn't get lined up. It did become it did become like sort of an unfair advantage at, at a at a certain point because you know the ball was like barely getting placed down, and chains and officials aren't even set to do their job. So like you could literally do you know the offense could just start holding because the officials aren't even paying attention. You know, it, it became a, a complete yeah. psychological offense. And it took, like, four or five years for college football to catch up to it. And yeah, then Washington, Washington goes and hires fucking C-Star Keishan, who's more drunk than I am right now. 
who's just running a pro-style offense, I mean, Washington shit themselves. Like, they did not react the way that they needed to after 2009 and 2010. So, Old Stark tried to, like... He tried to do out Oregon, Oregon, I think, like, in 2013. That was embarrassing. Points. And my dad always screams about it. Like, he was, like, he was like at the game, he was like, ah, we went out there, we were fine, and Sark ran out there, and the game was close, and he ran three plays, ran, like, 35 seconds off, and big old Danny Shelton had to come back on yeah, the field, and he was gassed, and Oregon just ran, ran up just... the middle for the rest of the game. Like, yep. He's trying to out Oregon, Oregon. It's like, yeah, he did. It's like, yeah, it's like Danny it's just, Shelton. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, I'd like to get some context here to step back for a second, because I think I'm about 10, 12 years older than, than each of uh, the three of you. So I lived the 94 monstrosity of the, the pick and then the John Wales missed field, chip shot field goals in 95 and the Pat Johnson touchdown catch uh, in 97 that were just, just, you know, punches to the gut, just horrible, horrible experiences. You guys would have been somewhere from early to mid-teens, I think. Did you guys experience the pain? Because, like, hey, you were saying a few minutes ago, that you didn't hate Oregon during that stretch of time. I hated Oregon for a long time until it became <laughs> a point where they were beating us so regularly that it was like the younger brother that has the older brother holding onto his hands going, why are you hitting yourself? Stop hitting yourself. And and it got to a point where it was futile to, to hate them because we were so inept. Yeah. But that's my, yeah, I mean, that's my vantage point. What about you guys? <coughs> Excuse me. I, I don't know. I, I played sports in high school and I had friends on the football team who were really into uh, track and shot put and stuff. And they really respected Oregon for their whole track identity. So we always saw them as kind of like, Hey, it's like a track college that, you know, they've, they've gotten some kind of, they've, they've gotten on a run of success in football, but it's not anything that's like a threat to Washington. And for the um, listeners to understand, uh, without doxing you, you live within like 50 miles of Portland. We'll put it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, I live in fresh hell, basically, uh, where <laughs> like every high school is like, you're in the state of Washington. You should be like, at least, at least be like Washington State, you know, at least be that, if not Washington. But yeah, I live in a part where it's like they pretend like they're part of Oregon and stuff so I've been to like football camp down there and you know everything's Oregon this Oregon that and stuff but at the same time like I did respect like that they have a rich tradition with track and field and stuff and uh, a lot of the people that I uh, play football with um, also love track and field and stuff so I could I could kind of get it like that's cool. Like that's a cool identity for them. You know, their football team just has, you know, they just happen to be like pretty good. They're on a pretty good run or whatever with Bilotti. Uh We just, I didn't know that it would just turn into this fucking dreck fest that it has been for the last, you know, 20 years. Um, and Joey and Willie, did you guys, did you go through the 94, 95 losses uh, feeling that level of pain? Uh, the 95 loss, I remember, um, it's probably my starting, my, the hatred of the Seattle, local Seattle papers started 
probably that day, the next day, because I think, as, as I've said, I had to listen to games on radio if they weren't on TV because, you know, I lived in, you know, buttfuck Egypt with, with shit cable. And I remember getting the... Uh, I remember getting the paper or looking at the paper at, I think it was at my grandparents' house because we never got the Seattle Times, but they got the Seattle Times the Sunday, just the Sunday edition. So on the cover of this, I think it was the Sunday edition, it was like, you know, Oregon beats Washington, you know, 27 to 20 or whatever it was. And, and it was like, it was like the this big layout of a of your of the home team like they're supposed to be covering you know and and it was almost like they were pumping up an Oregon win and I was like I'm I, I was young and I could understand like this is fucking weird why would they be pumping up you know this game as such a you know monumental loss or something or monumental like win for the other for the other team it felt. It felt like a weird article at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably all cool. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I one of the first games, early games I remember being at was that John, that fucking John Wales game. Uh, I mean, for me, the Oregon hatred I don't think really hit hard until after the 2000 game where they won down in Eugene and there was talk of them watering that weird sand field they had and stuff. And they were pretty, pretty pissed off. And in retrospect, I mean, I've heard stuff. I can't remember who's been talking about it back in like 95 that Oregon players like damaged bowl posters and stuff like in the tunnel and stuff like that, that they could like Mm -hmm. never replace. So, I mean, that has nothing to do with me personally. Uh, Personally, I'm, I'm kind of a mix of like probably both of you on, you know, Hey and Derek of like, it pretty quickly once in the Willingham and Stark years became like, well, they're really good and Washington just isn't. Uh, oh, they made every good decision. Yeah. They made every bad decision. And you're like, what, what are you going to do? Yeah, I still hate them, but it just felt like futile. And those games were like, they would have off games against some other teams and it would frustrate the fuck out of me because like they never have an off game against Washington. Uh, mm-hmm, clearly they yes. still got up. Even when they were light years ahead of Washington, they still clearly got up for that game, so they just never fucked up. Uh, and honestly, I would say, yeah, like, the hate almost got worse um, worse in, like, the last five or the post-Kip Mariota years where it's like they're not what they yeah. they're not what they were, but the media yep. and their fans and stuff, which is probably what they probably thought of Washington, like, in the Lambright years. Like, they still have this persona and I think Cristobal hated Washington because he had to split a national title with them and deep down probably knew that M- mm, M- M- Ben would, would push his point. shit in four quarters <laughs> yeah. if he would have had to play him. After M- Ben would have kicked his fucking yeah. ass. Uh, they were not and Gino Toretta or Kelly Stouffer, whatever bum they had, they would have fucking lost that game. And then Kelly Stouffer was Colorado State. No, uh, Correct. <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, uh yeah, then in 94, the Huskies came down and, you know... Or Derek their- Anderson or whatever their quarterback was. Derek Anderson, you know, <laughs> Kellen Clemens. Yeah, no. So I think Cristobal hated the Rockets. Oh, and Cristobal was an, an assistant on Miami in 2000 when they lost at Washington. So I think Cristobal had, like, oh. a deep-seated hatred, hatred yeah. for Washington. Didn't know that. Uh, 
Yeah. And I think that really ramped it up and the shit that he did and the low, the gutter shit that he did with, you know, at this point I have to think it, it's too specific for it not to be true with his like racial, the racial stuff he was trying to pull, which I believe your dear friend Thibodeau was also supposedly involved with. who's a fucking clown. Yeah. Uh, fuck, fuck Crystal Ball. Yeah. Crystal Ball. him forever, dude. <laughs> yeah. Crystal Ball really. Like, I, I never, I never hated Kelly. I, I, I never hated Helfrich. Sling Blade, Helfrich, but fuck Chris oh, Paul, dude. What, no. what the fuck, man? Yeah, and, they, and the media and everything just kind of kept pretending like they're just like super elite team when really, I mean, we were talking earlier, their program really got saved by Justin Herbert having to be from Eugene and then beat her all through high school, so no one really recruited him. And then whatever overhyped the guy they actually wanted, uh, like flipping to Minnesota or something, and then they had to take him. And then him, not only that, then him coming back for his extra year for no reason. Saved fucking Cristobal. So, yeah, I mean, in the timeline of my hatred, I'm not going to say I didn't hate them during the Chip Kelly years and rooted hard for Bird and Ohio State in those games and wanted them to lose every game. But there was not, like, a respect, but there was, like, okay, like, I don't know what the fuck to do. They figured out this thing. And Chip Kelly as a coach, like, Personally, as a coach, I think kind of got a lot of shit, but, like, in the Washington dynamic, like, the last game in the old Husky Stadium, he could have won that game by, like, 50, like, but he kind of, like, took yes. the breaks off. Uh, he never seemed to have, like, a huge animosity for Washington. Yes. Uh, he probably could have really embarrassed them a few times. He never really did. So I never really had that. For it was a lot of up the middle in the fourth quarter. I remember that. Yeah, he was also smart enough to know – like, uh, you know, don't wait. Cristobal would have ran his running back 40 times, and then he would have been uh, fucking banged up, and they would have lost, like, the two out of the next three because their team was, you know, uh, their their running backs were also, like, used all their carries trying to blow out Washington by more. Uh, yeah, and Kip Kelly was smart enough not to do that. So, yeah, my hatred really almost peaked kind of in the Cristobal years, and now – I definitely hate, fucking hated them this year. I mean, winning helps kind of tamper that a little bit. Uh, but I just – the media thing drives me fucking crazy. It's also because the media is, like, generally, you know, not to get tugged, but the media is generally, like, pretty beta, pretty liberal, sports media guys, sorts of like that. They should fucking hate Oregon with the passion of 5,000 sons. They're a fucking Nike corporation. They want to win so hard they don't give a fuck about anything. Uh, and now they're facing Bo Nix, who is a fucking supreme Christian white dude who looks like a fucking Aryan Nation villain. Like, oh, no, come on. Oh, for God's sake. All these, like, cock dudes are out there like, oh, it's cute. They got cool jerseys. Like, <laughs> the, Bo Nix, the face of white nationalism. Face of white okay, nationalism. and uh, everything becomes the face of white supremacy at this point. It might as well become Bo the Nicks. hardcore Husky podcast does not officially take the stance that Bo Nix is a member of the Aryan Nation. Okay, <laughs> so let's be very clear. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Oregon's distance—they've distanced themselves from that, like Chip Kelly, like go get a badass coach go get a badass scheme, go get guys who bleed fucking Grello. I mean, you know, a huge part of their 2019 season was fucking Brady Breeze. Like, they've distanced themselves from, like, what made them successful. 
like now they're all about just all the stupid bullshit on Twitter and social media and all the fucking neck beard TBS guys and stuff. I mean, they, they've distanced themselves <laughs> from what made them successful. Mm, so well, that's part of what makes them so hateable in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, me and Joey have talked for endless hours, but yeah, that what actually, and I post about it probably too much of like what has carried that program so much is the guys they never wanted who are like all these guys, like these guys that are not their big recruits uh, who just fucking play so fucking well and just carry that program. And then occasionally they will have like a Thibodeau or a Panay Sewell, uh, like a D'Anthony Thomas. They sprinkle in like four. Yeah. Yeah. Sprinkle in the, like you, you go mix those guys in. Yeah. Yeah. They mix like the legit, like, Oh, that guy is a, a stud as much as I talk shit on some of them, like, yeah, they're a stud recruit and they're good players. But the majority of, like, if you look at their box scores in, like, for, like, in, like, their stat summaries for, like, the past 15 years, you'd be like, oh, these are a bunch of, like, including, like, Michael James and Mariota and Herbert and Kenyon Barner uh, and, like, Jeff Mayo and all these guys are mm-hmm. not their best guys. And it's weird that they have this, like, obsession with, like four-star recruits when really like their bread and butter is try-hard dudes who really want to fucking be there. Well, now they're, now they're just getting like band-aids, like their whole team making plays this year besides uh, Troy Franklin. It was all transfer guys. Well, okay. uh, What's his name? Gonzalez, the, uh, the safety or corner or whatever he was. Like, he came from Colorado, or was he Arizona State? Colorado. 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 Yeah. Lucky Irving came from Colorado. Minnesota. Uh, oh, he came from Minnesota. Who came from Colorado? Yeah. Whittington? Whittington? Yeah, Whittington. no. Whittington's from Western Kentucky. Uh, Nick. Yeah, Nick's from Auburn. And, by the way, that should not that should never worked. And all of a sudden, Nick's is a fucking Heisman contender. That guy sucked. Well... That's, like, your other big frustration that's, like, there was the Chip Kelly thing where, like, they did a bunch of stuff that was right, but post-Chip Kelly, they had a run of, like, bad decisions that have, like, magically worked. Where, like, Crystal Ball, I think Miami will show that Crystal Ball is not a good coach, and, like, Hager is bad as he was at Oregon, is the worst coach. He still went, like, seven and six, and it's, like, all these things where, like, they made the wrong decision and it somehow kept working, including Lanning. Like, I think literally based on that tattoo, I don't know how Lanning doesn't end in a Steve Sarkeesian-level disaster. <laughs> like, I don't know how it ends. The fact that he won 10 games, even, is fucking mind-boggling. Well, well he, he strikes the... me as a guy who's gotten a bunch of fuck. He, he strikes me as a guy who's, like, gotten head coach money way too soon in his life, and now he just he can't handle that. So I don't know if he's going to have a meltdown, but I don't think he's going to be like uh, go down to four wins, five wins, but he just strikes me as a 36-year-old who is a fucking 26-year-old in maturity and just he can't handle it. And he's going to be hard to fire too because they're just going to be like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. he's young, he's young, he's young. He's winning seven games, eight games, nine games, ten games. You know, that's, that's that's the nightmare scenario for Oregon. I'm not sure he'll get to 10 wins, frankly, but that's just a hunch. But Sark's forte was that he would have the late-game collapses, and I don't know that we've seen that with Lanny, but he's only been there one year. But 
Um, and no, I don't know that Oregon, anyone would have. Washington and Oregon State. Yeah, Washington yeah. and Oregon State. That's a, that's the funny thing about the Washington game is like everybody's like a big upset. Like Oregon had to play a perfect game to win that game. It's not like I'm sorry. Which none, game? None, none of the players think that was an upset. Like if you were at that game, exactly. none of the players or coaches think that was a fucking upset. Like they just lost. The 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 really alarming thing with uh, Lanning was the Oregon State game, like, how do you fucking melt down at, on that game? Mm. Like, that's, yes. that's the red flag for Duck fans is that game, not not the yes. Washington game. Yeah, and they should, have lost the, they should have lost the Utah game, too. Yeah, no, and none of the Washington players, yeah, they, they don't think it's an upset, but, yeah, of course, in the media, you know, it's like if you watch the conference closely, Oregon wasn't playing anybody, really. I mean, you, you can kind of, if you watch every yeah. game, they, they kind of had, they, they were backloaded on the schedule. And they were lucky to win the Utah game. So I'm sorry to say this, Joey, my friend. Joey? What? Washington didn't play anybody either. So, and and we benefited from a transfer named Michael Penick. So, I'm not, I'm not saying we did. I'm not, I'm not saying we, you know, we played a tough schedule. Before them, I'm, I'm. They're getting credit for, you know, something they didn't do. Well, there was like that. I think with the media thing there, and like the Twitter world of what drove me crazy of like, before the Washington game. At that point, legitimately, people were talking about like, would Oregon beat Georgia if they played again? And I'm not fucking yeah, joking. Exactly. It's like that yeah. shit. Where you're like, <laughs> what? Because they beat UCLA, which like anyone who's followed Pac-12 football knows that UCLA is, like, folds on the road. And they're, like, they're a program that looks really good for, like, a game or two and then totally falls apart. Like, UCLA... A game or two against Washington. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, they, they, I mean, they were molten lava for, like, three weeks. Like, those those two teams were fucking molten lava offenses for, like, two or three weeks in October. Yep. Everyone forgets, UCLA, the week after they beat the Huskies, beat Utah by, like... 14, and it wasn't even that close. Like, at home. At, in in yeah. UCLA had to – UCLA had <laughs> four of the first five games at – I know I know Washington had four games at home, too. I'm saying UCLA's only road game was Colorado, and then they finally went on the road to Oregon, and they lost. Yeah, so – Yeah, like yeah. Four, yeah. If, if Oregon played at UCLA, they could have lost that game. Yeah, I mean that's my thing. The hype, the hype of them just gets so crazy. Of yeah, going into uh, the Washington game, people were talking about yeah, like if they replayed Georgia, would Oregon win this time? Like based on based on that they had beat UCLA by like fourteen in in Austin. Like yeah, it's just crazy with that stuff. It's like for me, what drives me crazy them is like yeah, the hype and the fact that it hasn't died down post Kip Kelly. And they just exist off this, like, hive mind, like, bullshit. And a lot of people who I don't think actually watch games who just say stuff and then, like, suddenly it becomes, like, gospel or it's, like, becomes reality. Uh, yeah, and the problem is that Washington was too fucking soft and didn't try hard enough to, you know, fight back for a few years there, like 2018 to, you know, this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should have won all those games except – the Jimmy Lake one, which, you know, was a win because uh, they ended up, they, they got Jimmy Lake fired, which, yeah. and 
in the the book about the you know the the rivalry between Oregon and Washington, uh, that is got to be the most amazing chapter of like if it really does turn around in Washington. Even you know, even if Washington starts to evenly play the rivalry from here, where it's like it turned, because Jalen Red, like a seventh-year senior <laughs> on Oregon, was getting chippy on the sidelines. He got his fucking ass. Yeah. Ruparaki Suivai. Ruparaki Yeah. That is the rivalry, or even just leveling it out. That is just fucking amazing and perfect. Peace be Oregon am- is like, Peace be among you. Yeah. Him. yeah uh, yeah, it's just all that. I don't know, dude. It, yeah. In the college playoff era, like going to a national championship game, that goes a really long ways. And I think Oregon's been riding that for a long time. Like, like TC is going to ride that for a couple of years too. It's is it warranted? No, it's fucking bullshit. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, even no, even that, changing coaching staffs, you know. Uh, yeah, no, as I said, there was, I will always maintain that, like, they had a thing, and again, it's the shit where they always make fun of Washington fans about shit that was really old. I mean, it started, time is passing. I mean, that's starting, that's almost 10 years ago, uh, when they went to the championship, which, by the way, they got the doors blown off of them, uh, by Ohio State. 2014? 2014, uh. Yeah, so, I mean, that is – they're also starting to creep into, like, the played-out territory of, like, talking about their past. They've won the conference, not counting the COVID year, which we won't. We're a, we're a Hussy podcast. They've won the conference once since then. Like, keep that in mind. Like, this is not like – it's almost 10 years, but people act like every year, one, that they win the conference and that they're going to win it the next year. Like, I was bitching mm-hmm. earlier about, like – Top 25s right now coming out having Oregon ahead of Washington. What is your fucking rationale other than, like, you have this weird, like, like back of your mind that they're supposed to be good based on recruiting rankings, but guys who are no longer on the team. Like, that's the thing, too. They get this, like, talent. Every, every broadcast is like, oh, they're loaded. And it's like, with who? What big recruits or NFL prospects are making their plays? Uh, and, like, there's no answer. It's nobody. Maybe Troy Franklin, I guess. Like, uh, maybe Bo Dix. And that's it. Like, the rest is all tryhard guys. Well, the the guy besides Troy Franklin who torched you up transferred out of the program, too, with Thornton. I mean. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he caught a good, he caught a deep, deep pass in the. Yeah, like he, he he was the second most impressive player on their team in, in the Washington game, and he's gone, and their their fans are saying he sucks. It's like, uh, like how does he suck? I don't know. It, I mean, what pisses me off about them? What pisses me off about them is they sit here and bitch about how like you know they they say how like Washington lost the Rose Bowl against Urban Meyer. Washington lost by five. Like they got fucking blasted by Urban Meyer. So college football, like you're playing 12 games regular season. Like, I mean, there is kind of a luck of a draw thing. Like they, they couldn't beat Urban Meyer either. They couldn't even become close to him. They got a fucking limp dick fucking Wisconsin team who just fired their coach. Ever since they won that orange bowl, that dude has been 
rumored as like they were not happy with him, including that Rose Bowl with Oregon. You know, it's just, you know, have have a little context, like do a little bit of analysis, like this just this black and white bullshit on like Washington lost the Rose Bowl and Oregon won the Rose Bowl. Like, okay, great, good for you, but you know, dig a dig a little deeper and kind of do a little bit of understanding on like you guys fucking drew like limp dick Wisconsin. We got urban Meyer on his fucking send off game. Like, I don't know. I, again, I don't hate Oregon as much as I hate Chris Peterson for Chris Peterson. Uh, you know, he, he could have taken over the conference and he just, he just gave up like qu- quiet quitting Chris Peterson. Well, hey, more quiet, of my problem. Pioneer of quiet quitting. Oh, if we gave no. the ball 35 times to Gaskin in that Rose Bowl against Ohio State, I'm convinced we win by three. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, I, oh he gave up on the run uh, in some games. He gave up on it way too early. When you had you arguably, the, arguably the best running back in the country, or at least top three. So, well, I mean, so good for Oregon. Yeah, go ahead, Joey. Go ahead. Yeah, if you, if you, I mean, if you ask me, I've, I've, you know, I've preached my love for Miles Gaskin plenty of times. Like, yes, I mean, I think he's, I think he's the greatest Husky of all time. But you know, uh, it's a biased opinion. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, never. No, it's fine. The, the argument of the 2010s. Oregon versus Washington bowl draws is one thing like that's why you love college football because it's not like there's no play there's no real playoff where it's like I'm sure if you're an NFL fan you're like well Seattle 49ers you're like well we fucking played each other in the playoffs and one of us won it's like no you motherfuckers you got Florida Florida State team that was somehow was on a long a long winning streak but was oh they were fluking out games but we're like the 18th best team in the country yeah like like fuck we get Alabama, fucking Penn State with Saquon Barkley, and Ohio State on uh, Urban Meyer's last last season. Murderers Row. Murderers Row. And you get, yeah, you get Wisconsin with, like, Jonathan Taylor and a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, who's the quarterback on that team? No clue. They, they got Russell Wilson and nobody, the, like, the one before where they won with Chip, too. They got <laughs> and the 2000 Huskies got to play an 8-3 and three Purdue team, so. They did, I, I will concede that. I will. Yeah, the Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny Sutherland. But like, and, we, yeah. we get one fucking bone in like 20 fucking years, though, is the problem. I mean, that's just how college football is. I mean, well, we weren't yeah. in bowl games, though, for 20 fucking years. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, true. I mean, that's, just how bit, college, that's just how college football is. I mean, you know, you again, this isn't like the NHL, you know, MLB where you really separate like who the fucking elite teams are. Like you play fucking 12 games. Some, some fucking idiot like Tyrone Willingham chooses who gets to go play who in a fucking bowl and stuff. It just, it is what it is. You have to play who's in front of you. And yes, Penn state, like we, we played a better Penn state team in the Fiesta bowl than Utah just played this year. Um, yeah, yeah. But at, at, the, at the same time, at the same time, our fucking burnout fucking coach goes and has his receivers coach be the guy who's calling plays in the Fiesta Bowl. And the guy's not even, he's not even in coaching anymore. 
Like nobody even wants to hire him to, to, to be a coach in college anymore. Like there's, there's some blame on Washington too, but yes, we played a better team. We played a better Penn state team for sure than uh, what Utah just played in that Rose bowl for sure. Like we, we have gotten shitty, shitty luck in during that three year run. Yeah, and I think that was, like, the thing of, like, in Oregon's run, you could even say, like, the 2010 National Championship, they got Auburn, which was a fuck, kind of a weird team to be there with Cam Newton, who had a bad game. Uh, well, they well got, I need like, to chirp. I'm sorry, go ahead. I thought you were done. Oh, no, then they get they got, like, Wisconsin. Uh, they got Wisconsin with, like, Russell Wilson and nobody in a Rose Bowl. They got fucking Kansas State in the Fiesta Bowl, where it's like, yeah, no shit, like, you won those <laughs> Like, you won those games, like... <laughs> Uh, and I mean, granted they lost to Auburn, but yeah, like generally, if you play in a yeah. national championship game in any time and like since they created the BCS, like you are playing a powerful blue blood, not Cam Newton and uh, Nick Fairley. Yeah, they got a one hit wonder. Yeah, they got and then they got Florida State in that semi. So I mean, yeah, they got definitely got they got breaks. They uh, got they got the Macarena in the national title and they didn't win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I I need to push back on something here though. Like, hey, you were saying a second ago that um that you know we got bad luck because we played a really good Penn State team. But don't you want the other team's best shot when you're getting into a bowl game? Isn't that what yeah, you I mean, want? That that yeah, that that's my point. That's my whole point. Is Peterson should have told Smith, like, look, you're not you're not fucking flying down to Corvallis. You're gonna fucking call this game. Like, this is a big game for us. We've paid you a lot of money. You've been the OC. We've elevated you so you can get this opportunity to coach uh, for, uh, for your, you know, your, it's your dream opportunity. We've given this to you. You need to fucking be the guy who's calling the plays in this big-time game. And said Peterson was like, well, go ahead and go fucking fly down to Corvallis. Uh, let's go take our uh, receivers coach who's uh, selling insurance right now. Let's just go have him call plays. Like, it was just a total limp dick fucking decision by Peterson to do that. And then it, you saw that in the game, too. Like, the first half of the game, like, I was at the game. Like, we're just trying to, like, fucking, like, uh, we're trying to just carve them up with Browning. Like, that's, that's just a stupid, uh, that's just a stupid fucking game plan. Finally, yeah. when we were getting our asses kicked, we started giving it to Gaskin, and we came back in yeah. the game, but... Yes, it just it was it, 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 of all the of the three bowl games of the 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 Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, that was the game that like really pissed me off because we just totally Agreed. fucking didn't even we didn't even fucking show up in my opinion. I'm sorry, I just and I called we and I called the whole thing and as soon as we start handing to Gaskin, I go here we go here's going to be the comeback. I knew we would open up by throwing the ball around, yeah, and trying to be exotic with the yeah. throwing game instead of just. And, and so that that thing bothers me. But let me ask you a question. 2009, when Steve Sarkeesian got hired by Washington but then stayed at USC for another month plus to coach the Rose Bowl, did that bother you then? Because it bothered a lot of us. I'm sorry? I just I, – I have a vivid memory of, like, walking down the Ave, like, my senior year and, like, seeing that they hired Sarkeesian. And even I'm just like, uh, so – you know, he was the offensive coordinator at a team who just had more talent than everybody, and he was just running a vanilla fucking pro-style offense. 
I'm walking by Schultz's and they have like the fucking Sart Burger already out. Like, you know, they're already, you know, promoting the fucking Sart Burger. It's like, you know, you know, any, any dipshit, any dipshit fucking student can look at that and just be like, dude, this is just a limp dick hire. I'm sorry. This is just a horrible hire. No, but like, that's not my point. My point is, did it bother you that he stayed, that Sarkeesian stayed in LA for another month plus instead of coming up to Washington and getting to work? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I remember him on the sidelines of their bowl game. He's all fucking, you know, grab-assing their players and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, so, no wonder he fucking left us for USC. Of course he's going to do that. Like, he he doesn't want to be at Washington. It's a, it's a, it's a career thing. I mean, yeah. But, but then you said it was a lip-dick move by Peterson to not insist that, that Smith stay instead of going to Corvallis. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Smith Smith should have said, "Look, buddy, like you want to go fucking you want this is your dream job. Like fuck that. You're going to go you're going to go call this game. You're going to win us the Fiesta Bowl and then you can go to Corvallis. You can steal our fucking reject players. You can do whatever you want like after that, but you we you, you got to win this game, dude. The fact that so Peterson just how, let him do that. You see you see the dichotomy there then, right? Cuz you were you were pissed at Sark in this case, you were pissed at Peterson. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. No, I, so I totally get it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Look, Peterson. All right. Peterson fucked the Oregon rivalry uh, after having, you know, he, having their foot on their throats, which, you know, I'd also blame, uh, what the fuck, Ken Cohen or not when they released the schedule in 2018 of being like, absolutely fucking not. That's not how we're, how we're scheduling this. But Peterson, you know, limp dicked it as well uh, when Cristobal was on fucking smelling salts. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, which is another part of it. Of like, part of what I hate the rivalry is like... I'm the only one that thinks that's funny. Okay. <laughs> that's a throwback to Jim Mora, uh, you know, uh, back when he was a Falcons coach. But, uh, yeah, uh, part of the problem with the Oregon rivalry is, like, Washington never signed up for the rivalry. Uh, it's kind of like we're from C.J. Woolley. We declared Burlington to be our rival. And Burlington was like, it's, I don't know if they still do it. But it was like, huh, like, you're not our rival. Like, our rival is Mount, Mount Vernon. Like, we're like, yeah, but we hate you. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. we don't really know who you are. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, that's part of the Oregon thing to me. It's like, this, it's kind of fucked up to like drag someone into a rivalry and then be like, yeah, like your whole existence becomes like beating you. But it's like, fuck, it took Washington one, I think in the nineties, a long time to catch up to be like, shit. Like, I guess we got to take this game really serious now. Like we got to put a bunch into that. And by then, as soon as I think they kind of figured it out in the new Heisel years, I think new Heisel was like, oh, yeah, like, let's beat this team other than fucking 2000 where they had a trap game down there. Uh, but then it just everything fell apart. So, and then since then, and then Peterson kind of had that back where it's like, yeah, like, we're finally on a similar level to you uh, and we're going to care about this game. But then in 2018, uh, which is another thing, the beauty of college football, of like how much one game matters of, like, uh, that 2018 fucking loss. Was, Devin Mitchell. Was fucking, yeah, Dylan Mitchell. Dylan Mitchell. Was devastating. And 
why I'm turning him. I'm, I'm hitting the fan transfer portal if Washington can't beat them in Seattle this year because they have to for the the momentum of that rivalry. They cannot they cannot give it right back up in Seattle. Yep. Where are you portaling to? Is there any? Uh, uh, I'm going to be a Sounders fan. Uh, Is there any collusion going on? Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ! Like, uh, <laughs> I'm be a Sounders what are they paying you? Yeah, is that they're a girl soccer team now? Uh, and I can, Start I for the month club. Yeah. yeah, no. Uh, He's got his make a Rapino poster on on order. And yeah. Here right now. <laughs> yeah. Canvas Just, art. I'm not, open, I'm not opening it. I'm keeping the receipts until I know the final of the game in Seattle this year. You know. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, the Dylan Mitchell thing is another thing of like shit that just makes no sense of, like, Oregon, like, like, he had, like, insane, like, unstoppable, like, you've got, and he's, like, not even, he's, like, an undrafted, didn't even, like, make an NFL roster. Like, how? That's ridiculous. Yeah, they always have, like, these players that are just, like, unbelievable, and they're, like, were they ever good? I don't know. They they went to Oregon. It's just a weird, like, bubble that exists of, like, success. I'll give him some credit this year uh, in the in the game this year. You can watch the game, watch the game over again, and they run right at Cam Bright. I mean, it's a pretty pretty glaring weakness we had on defense that nobody talked about with Cam Bright not being very good. Well, didn't we talk about it a couple times? <laughs> I did, but you know, yeah. I mean. Still waiting, still waiting for the virus to catch on. I mean, I'll never. Yeah, but the, my main Oregon, you know, headaches are 2019, where they just basically ran and threw at Manu for all ever all all game. That was basically the whole game. Tyler Manu uh, and Wellington, and that was it. Like again, like another game, Peterson, like easy to take the rivalry back, and they fucking just could not could not man up and do it. So, I mean, that's... You know, Peterson's to... so highly respected, but there was a lot of malpractice there, in my opinion, so... Well, I mean, that's, like... Yeah, they should have been playing Ula Fosho in that game. And uh, Ariel Nagata should have been playing live. I think... Well, Peterson yeah. just turtled up, dude. He he just, he just yeah. turtled up. Whenever he, he he's like fucking Chip Kelly. When Chip Kelly plays Oregon, it's the same thing like Chris Peterson. Like they just they play not to lose. They play not to fucking lose. It's just like the game uh, this year when UCLA went up to Eugene. It's the same fucking thing. It's like, dude, why are you kicking field goals? Like Chip yeah. Kelly's kicking field goals with a badass offense who's been on fire for the last three fucking weeks. Like, why are you no, doing that, dude? I, yeah, that's a I just, good it made point. no sense. Yeah. When when I was in Eugene uh for the Washington, you know, in the first half, like I told the Oregon fans I'm like, you know, we're you know, cuz we we were kicking field goals in the first half, right? I was like, dude, yeah. we're not going to win this game because we're just kicking field goals, you know? Like we're just doing the same limp dick fucking thing that uh Chip Kelly did, you know, and luckily in the second <laughs> half that's what good coaching does. Good coaching just says uh, you know, fuck this. If if they're going to go Molten lava in the third quarter. So are we. We're just going to throw bombs. They're going to throw bombs. Uh, and thank God we have a coach that actually realizes that and adjusts 
and goes and does that. But Chris Peterson never did that. It was always just paper cut you to death and hope that you be mm. yourself. You know, uh, uh, 2017 Herbert broken collarbone. Just okay. We're just gonna fucking paper cut you to death. 2016. It wasn't. You know, when when it came down to it, when it came down to brass tacks, Peterson just. I don't know. I he had something with Oregon the same way that Chip Kelly did, where he just. I don't know. I he just wasn't aggressive for whatever reason. I have no clue what his thinking was and what Chip Kelly's thinking was this year either. They had a they had a uh, what a ten point lead in twenty nineteen and a fourteen point lead. And a fourteen point lead and they could have made it twenty one. With Eason, yeah. Wasn't that when Culp uh, dropped the fourth down pass? I think. Good God! I know that there was. I, I I don't know why my brain has to work this way, but I know they were up by fourteen, and Oregon was at their own like thirty, and was like fourth and two. And Cristobal went for it, and uh, they run the ball, and there's two holes, and Wellington just has to pick the right hole. And even if he just falls down in the hole, they stopped him. The game, there's no way they probably don't win that game. And Wellington picks the wrong fucking hole. And you're just like, God damn, I watched that play like 50 times. Like, dude, he, like, he doesn't even look at the running back. He just picks the hole before – before, like, the play, like, a bad fucking quarterback, and you're just like, that's the game right there. Like, Cristobal knew it. I, I think Chris, I think Peterson and uh, Kelly, I think, have this kind of, like, hipster fucking energy, like, above it all with, like, guys like Cristobal and Randy, <laughs> which everyone was always, like, Peterson thinks Cristobal's a moron, which he was, and he's a shitty coach, but, like, the world worked out, like, you know, how, like, I'm sure we're talking here, like, Nickelback sold a lot of albums. Like, I don't know. It fucking worked out. So, Cristobal was in a good spot. But Peterson, instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to have to fucking, I'm going to have to do smelling salts and get the team fucking jacked up for this one game. Yeah, we might lose the game next game because this fucking dipshit drug us out into the deep end when we didn't need to. But you got to fucking do it. Yeah, I'm sure Kip Kelly has the same thing. He's like, I was at Oregon. I lost like four fucking Pac-12 games in eight years. He's like, why do I got to fucking try hard against this guy who fucking can't smoke a cigar and got a tattoo of his wife that he met at Outback who's a four and a half? Like, he's like, fuck this. And so he's like, I'm going to kick a field goal. I'm rich. So I'm sure Peterson had the same fucking bullshit. And then, yeah, they're cashing checks. Yeah, they're cashing checks and they're above it. And they're like, yeah, they're like, that hit like a hipster energy of like, well, no, I'm not going to try. Well, yeah. they've got like, we've said this for a long time. They've got to like this, uh, this like superior level confidence flowing through that program. It's, it's, uh, it's like mind blowing at times that, you know, they, they've got jag, jag players and, and they're, they're winning these games. They're, they're all amped up and, I mean that that made me like a little a little bitter and jealous at times. It's like why can't why can't my program just be jacked up? They've got you know we've got average above average talent, and, but why can't we just be jacked up? Like nothing bad can happen to us, you know. I mean, I'll say about 2019, like when we played USC, like we forced Ahmed on them, like we just forced them, we we forced him down their throats until we won the game. How come we didn't do that against Oregon at home? Oh, I know. Like where we were, 
we we were at home. I mean, why why didn't we just do that? Like instead, we're trying to do this like thing where we're trying to get. I don't know. It's like a weird Jacob Beeson, like forcing him, you know, forcing him to like Bachelia and like Fuller and stuff. Like, I just yes. it's weird. Like his whole game plan was weird, especially in the second half. I just I don't get it. Like we were ahead by two touchdowns. We completely limp dicked it. And that's why uh, Cristobal, you know, he 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 freaked out harder than uh, he freaked out harder than fucking Dabo did at Clemson when they beat Alabama. He really did because he knew that Peterson just fucked that game up in the second half. And uh, we yeah. should have forced Ahmed. We really should have forced Ahmed. I mean, the dude the dude is like still in the NFL right now. Like Ahmed yeah, was like a here. he's a real weapon, yeah. you know. In the playoffs. Uh, yeah, we were, uh, I mean, the jet, that's the part of the Oregon thing that bothers me. It's like, yeah, they hype up, they'll hype up certain players too, like just insanely, but then like they have weird jaggy, jaggy. Brady Breeze. Yeah. Like you're saying Brady Breeze or like TJ Bass, who was yeah. like two time first team all pack 12. He's like a guy from Deming, which is fucking up here. He looks like, he, he looks, looks like real housewives. <laughs> he looks like a fucking pregnant woman. <laughs> He apparently had like no NFL potential. Like, why is he? Like, why is he good? Like, why? Uh, oh, you put him put him next to the Jeremiel brothers. It's Real Housewives of Eugene. Yeah, but like somehow like Trumpy like, Fat Housewives of Eugene. And like there was a lot of luck involved. But, like, they when they won at Ohio State, you're like, and you go look at the box score, and you're like, of course, like I'm sure they'll hype up like the talent on the team, but like the box score is like a bunch of weirdo dudes. Who have like no? We'll never play in the NFL. Uh, who have like no? We're not big recruits. And you're like, how the fuck does this work? And it's that weird irrational confidence. Like they have like the, like the perfect phrase is like irrational confidence that just exists there. Like I don't know if they send them to like a fucking deprivation tank or some shit uh, when you get there that makes that breeds it. But it's it's fucking insane. You under well, you understood it when Chip was the coach, right? Because They'd score their touchdown, and then they'd do that stupid fucking swinging gate, right? And they'd always convert it. So they'd be up eight to nothing, right? <laughs> so you understood it. You you understood the mentality of, like, oh, if we score here, we're already down one if we just kick the extra point. And then there's already just this this mental gymnastics going on with the opposing coach. Like, oh, I – we we do we have to go for two? We kind of have to go. No, we we're not going to go for two. We're just going to kick the extra point. We're going to be noble and and we're going to be kick the extra point. Well, noble is what fucking Britain did in the fucking Revolutionary War. <laughs> you know, they lined up in a field and we fucking we fucking attacked them from trees and shit. Noble doesn't get you anywhere in yeah, fucking college football. You have to that, be that, 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 that's a great point. That, that's exactly that what I dug in 2008. That, that, that's what that 2018 game was. Peterson had the opportunity to fucking put his foot on their throat and fucking end them. And uh, you go for the touchdown. If you don't get the touchdown, you got a fucking chip shot and say he just fucking limp dicked like a 43 yard field goal. And, uh, you know, yep. I wasn't, I wasn't even mad about that game. Honestly, I didn't like, I wasn't really that mad about that game. I was mad at the coach. I wasn't mad at Oregon though. I mean, I'm I'm mad at Oregon for everything after that game, but but uh I just I don't know, dude. It's 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 tough, man. Like we got Peterson 
We got Peterson when he just, I don't know, just stress, like the pressure, whatever. He just, he just wasn't the same coach that he was at Boise. You know, I think what um, Peterson needed was he needed, like – Different OC. He needed Coach O to be, like, his defensive coordinator. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, there's, like, a thing where it's, like, with South Park, I've always heard that's, like, Trey Parker, he's, like, he's, like, I am, like, I do weird stuff, like, creative stuff. Like, I can never go into a room and convince anyone to get to do anything for me. He's like, that's why I'm the other guy. The other guy is totally the business guy. Like, Peterson definitely needed – he needed, like, an enforcer, yeah. like, fun enforcer to be like, okay, like, Peterson, I think, really was good with a lot of stuff. And he was, like, a good CEO. <laughs> so he needed, like, a dude who was, like, a good time but also would, like, kick your ass. Like, he needed, like, a Coach O or someone. But he, he – he, like a lot of people, I think, at power, he never wanted someone, like, bigger than him in the room, it felt like. He always had, like, kind of meek or, like, young younger guys uh, instead of guys that, like, came up. But he wasn't – the thing was, he was – you could do that maybe, like, at USC or, like, Georgia or Alabama or somewhere where you, you can just get such great talent that, like, you can have a fucking Sark, Nick Holt, uh, Lanning – you know, you can have guys like that and, like, they don't need to, like, be a dude. But, like, at Washington, you need to be a dude. And then you are you have to have, like, a second guy. It's like you're going to be as, like, meek and mild man there just like Peterson. Yeah, like Don James had Lambo. Yeah, like, you need, like, you need, like, an enforcer. And Peterson kind of always just, like, yeah, Kwiatkowski, which was like, I don't know, give him seven yards. And I, I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember what player it was. But... Is that a direct quote? Like, it was like uh, <laughs> everyone but Stanford hasn't figured it out apparently. Uh, I can't remember if it was like uh, it was like Don Borst or Art Teal or somebody asked asked one of the players like who the you know because you know you had like Hoffman, uh, you had you know Emperman and and Donald Jones and uh, you know like Jaime Fields and. Walter Bailey, and yeah, yeah, and all these all these fucking alpha males on the defense, and uh, somebody somebody asked like one of the one of the players like who's the most intimidating guy, and, and the guy goes Lambright, <laughs> like without hesitating, <laughs> like who's who's the baddest guy on the defense? He's like Lambright. <laughs> yeah, my dad's friend played in the eighties. My dad always talks, so he tell he tell everyone that like. People were like sucking on the D line. Like Lambright would get in there and like make him block him, and Lambright obviously would have no helmet on, and Lambright would just go until his like face was covered in blood, and then like to prove a point to the D line. Uh, it's like, oh, not not surprising that he uh, he ended up having like severe head head problems like later in life. But like, yeah, like he needed Peterson, which is a thing. I think Oregon, and it might come down to at the end of the day they have like a fucking fucking Wizard of Oz, fucking Phil Knight, like, someone has to answer, and, like, that might be the difference between, like, Washington and Oregon, that, like, they have a guy who's, like, fuck this, we need to win or not win, uh, where Washington's, like, you know, they got a bunch of uh, Anna Marie Kelsey's and Gerber Dings and uh, uh, fucking Turd Turners, where it's, like, I don't know, like, but, like, Oregon at the end of the day always has, like, a fucking... Uh, sketchy old billionaire who's going to be like, well, fuck you, I'm taking all my money away. Uh, so well, here's the thing. 
that might be a thing. That might be the big part of it. Like, they fucking try hard, and they have to answer to, like, winning or losing, where Washington never has to. Well, it's... Well, Joey was saying a few minutes ago that about how, uh, uh, you know, how is it that, that, you know, Oregon still has this confidence that they can do no wrong or whatever, but I can tell you that, you know, after Don James stepped down, Lambright took over, and the Huskies still maintain that sense of swagger even long after they deserve to have it. And if one wants to equate Washington's 37-34 to 34 win over Oregon in Autzen this past season, more or less equate it to the pick game from 1994, which really was really stunning to Husky fans and to Husky Nation. I think that win last year really stunned Oregon. And then the next thing you know, you're down 55 to nothing on national TV to Nebraska in the third quarter, and you start to realize that the wheels are coming off the wagon, and you lose that swagger. And uh, granted, we went to a Rose Bowl two years after that, but the point being is right after that, everything descended into hell for us. Um, If Lanning is who we think he is, Oregon might just be that 55. It ended up being a 55 to seven loss when it was said and done against Nebraska. But I remember that 98 game. We went into that. It was a major, <coughs> excuse me, major hyped, nationally televised game, and we were prison raped on national TV. And that was when the wheels were completely off the wagon in regards to you know that was that led to his inevitable firing, Lambright. So. Man, I think I blocked that. Uh, I think I blocked that game out of my memory. Like, a... there's some '98. '98's a weird, forgotten season. Like, sometimes we'll be on, like, I have these old media guides. I'm like looking at now, and every once in a while, I'm, like, if I'm killing time, I'll like flip through them. Or I can't sleep and be like, like, what? The '98 they played like Nebraska. Did they play Notre Dame that year too and get like blown out horribly? Like, like I have no memory. No, that was '96. Yeah, like there's a couple. Well, we had Corey Dillon, like, <laughs> and we still lost. Yeah, there's like weird times in that Lambright years where you're like, huh, I don't. Which was also good times where you're like, wait, they beat. Which I was pretty young, but like they beat Ohio State. Like, <laughs> that's what well, yeah, a lot of a lot of people forget that uh, that '96 Holiday Bowl. Yeah, they were up. They were up. Uh, they were up like thirty thirty three to ten or something. Going like go go like late in the third. Quarter. It wasn't that much, but but we I think we jumped up fourteen nothing. But that was okay. when I became like a diehard Husky fan. Was that game right there? Because my my grandpa lost his shit. He threw a shoe across the room. He said, "How, how the fuck do you lose this game with Corey Dillon?" He started throwing like all sorts of expletives, and my mom was like telling my dad, you got to get him out of the house. Like, he can't be saying this kind of shit in front of my kids. Like, that that was the game that was uh, the introduction for me because then if you're a little kid, like, you lose that game, you know, and you know about Corey Dillon and shit, and then Washington hires Rick Neuheisel not long after that. And so that's kind of what gets you really into the program. Um, that wa- years that later, Washington yeah. goes and hires the guy who who kicks your ass when he shouldn't have even have beaten you in the first place. Um, Ninety six weird season because uh, remember like Corey Dillon didn't play like the first few games and they lost by three at yeah Rashawn Sheehy started the yeah. year 
That was their only Dick Baird. Yeah. Dick Baird. Dick Baird told yeah. me that the entire coaching staff wanted Dylan to start game one, but but Lambright wanted Sheehy, and it wasn't until the fourth game that uh, he finally relented. Yeah, it's crazy. They basically, because you go back and look at that season, they lost at ASU, who went undefeated and won the conference. Uh, they lost by three, not playing Corey Dillon. Uh, and then they ran the table in the Pac-12, didn't lose, I think, until the Apple Cup, beat everyone by double digits, had that weird Notre Dame blowout, and then lost the Holiday Bowl. So weird. They lost the Apple Cup? Mm-hmm. No, they won in overtime. They won, they, okay. won in overtime yeah. In, yeah, yeah. in Pullman. But they beat everyone. Yeah, they went nine and two, right? Yeah. The Holiday Bowl was thirty-three to twenty-one. Yeah, they yeah they got up by like fourteen, and then they right. stayed against Colorado. I think Ray Cruz uh, returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, they celebrated by murdering his girlfriend. Realize we wanted to find the class the class act kids, you know. Uh, and how to coach him up. So uh, I do. Well, that. he's taking. Uh, he was taking over some uh, some Bill McCartney leftovers. Well, he too. took over Lambo Lambo's uh, shady uh, leftovers too. Which, by the way, this is a totally uh, That's funny. Lambo turned down Frank Murphy, but, <laughs> but he kept like Jeremy Stevens and Jeremiah Farms and Frank <laughs> Yeah, different time, okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Simpler time. Simpler time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's the anti-Oregon podcast. Like, Jesus Christ, like, they can't stop talking about fucking Jeremy Stevens and Hope Solo oh. and Rick Neuheisel <laughs> and fucking Ray Ruins. Ruins and stuff. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, if you want to like, Ted Bundy. Uh, oh, yeah, well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that too. I mean... You want to talk about the, you know, Oregon's uh, counter towards Washington, you know, all the shit talk we tell them. They're just like, oh, yeah, you know, Jeremy Stevens, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just you, you go read that book, and it's just it's just a total, like, it just sounds like a cougar, like a duck journalist, just totally just butthurt account of, like, everything that went on that season. And it's like, yeah, of course, like, Jeremy Stevens, you know, of course shit went on, but, like, goddamn, dude, like <laughs> – that happens like all the time at all these other schools. Like it's not, and that was like one single year too. And like third, I mean, Washington would never tolerate that nowadays. Like Jeremy Stevens wouldn't, uh, he would have been kicked out of school. Uh, nobody, nobody pretty fucking really quick. Tol- nobody ever really tolerated it to begin with. Like Jeremy Stevens, uh, I I knew like people who were like ashamed to like even cheer for him because he had he'd already wrecked a car into like a a fucking senior center nursing or home whatever. yeah yeah nursing home he'd already yeah. wrecked a car and, and and it's not like 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 they act like we have uh, you know Ted Bundy's in the fucking Husky Hall of Fame and you know and Jeremy Stevens comes <laughs> out as the third as the third quarter legend every 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 home game you know it's like. Yeah. We don't celebrate. We don't celebrate those fucking douchebags. We don't. Yeah. You know. Like, we don't. We don't talk like about. Bu- Bundy's the associate AD. Like Bundy's the associate AD here or something. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. It's like it's like a it's like, a, it's like they're it's like they're they're trying to make a fucking net Netflix documentary out of it or something. It's like, dude, holy shit! Like, 
I hey, don't if know. anybody's going to step on Crystal Ball's throat, it'd be Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, no, no mercy. <laughs> yeah. He would be yeah. trying harder. Uh, also, you know, he, he had Utah in his blood, too, so that, that always gets forgotten. Yeah. He went to Utah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, but, no, I mean, that's another part. Yeah. Since we're – the thing is hating Oregon of, like, it, they cleaned it up somewhat, but, like – and I hate the, like – I can't remember who was – Yeah, there. it was not that bad down there. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Well, I mean, I hate – I don't love to, like, I hate the academic smack talk, but, like, in general, I think there is a truth to, like, for a long time of, like, yeah. Oregon, yeah, okay, you can take anyone anyone and everyone as a recruit. Like, there was, like, something with, like, that Mikhail Wright guy where it's, like, well, he didn't go to high school his senior year. It's, like, oh, great, so Washington can't afford him. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, oh, yeah. Like, they have a bunch of shit like that. It's, like, yeah, you can take anyone. Like, one of their guys they're going to try to turn into a star next year. Like, I, I'm not going to say his name. Because uh, it's a pretty terrible thing. Like, I listened to an interview. I think he – something's really off, wrong with him. He has learning disabilities. <laughs> like, I think right. autistic, and I think he had something's wrong with him. Uh, but, of course, like, Oregon, I don't think – I do not think Oregon has any filter of who they would ever take. And I know that's an old dude fucking line, but there's a truth to it. And it used to be worse. I think – after the Jeremy Stevens shit in the 2000 season, Washington cleaned it up a lot, and Oregon was just like, oh, we're going to double down on, like, we have no fucking standards. And uh, if you can fucking run a ball, you will, we'll, we'll get you in here. And, yeah, that's hard to fucking compete with. I mean, I just, like, just if I was a Ducks fan, I would just own it. I would say, look, yeah, you know, we're like a party school, like people from Northern California, Southern Oregon come up here. They're all about partying, being a duck, like, you know, go do fucking uh, history of music, uh, you know, fucking sports marketing. And so like, just own it. Like, who cares? Like, just, just own it. Don't, don't be all insecure about it. I mean, don't, don't try to pretend like, you know, obviously Washington is all about the high and mighty bullshit. Of, of course, like all the criticisms of Washington are, are warranted. Like Washington looks up to uh, Berkeley and all that shit, which, which is a horrible thing to, to be doing. Um, you know, the, 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 the Berkeley, the Berkeley people are like looking at Washington, like, God damn, dude, we wish we were you guys. Like, we wish you guys were like balanced, like trying to be good at sports, but at the same time trying to be, you know, good at academics too, you know, just trying to be like just a balanced school. Um, but like the Oregon fans should just own it and just be like, look, dude, like we are fucking obsessed with trying to win a national championship and be big time or whatever. But I, I don't really see that from them. I see like Phil Knight, He's like building an infrastructure there and he doesn't want them to be shit tier again like they were in the eighties. Um, but I I don't see him like really pushing towards like like the whole like we're we're the SEC of the West because I don't really see that from him. I just like he was all jumping up and down with landing at the fucking in a baseball stadium, beating North Carolina by like one point. I mean I don't I don't know. I I don't think he's like, I don't think he wants them to suck, but I don't think he, I think he's kind of just like, yeah, you know, as long as we're like good and like people think we're cool and stuff and 
you know, as long as college game day is coming down here and, you know, acknowledging that fucking Animal House was filmed here and shit, then I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I, I can go to my grave with that. I, I, don't, I don't see the cutthroat, like, uh, you know, Kirby Smart, like, let's go fucking kill them and win a national championship mentality from them. That's just my opinion, but. Well, I looked up uh, just out of curiosity before we joined the Big Ten. Their stadium is would be like second or third to last. I can't remember in, in capacity in the Big Ten. Like they'd be small. And if and when when like say Nebraska travels there, uh, like they're gonna travel fucking big time. Nebraska's gonna pay like top dollar to go in there. Yeah, I mean, you you were probably shocked. You were probably as shocked as I was going down there this year. I mean, it's it's a small stadium. Like, I, I went down well, there. I, I did high school football camp there. I played in that stadium in some, like, bullshit 11-on-11 thing. Like, it's a small fucking stadium. Like, going back there, like, 15 years later, it's just like, wow, holy shit, this is not Husky Stadium. This is a little tiny bowl stadium in southern Oregon. Yeah, it this, this is not really a this a, is not a big time stadium. It doesn't have a second level, right? No, I mean, the the Oregon fans are like, oh yeah, you know, we're we're gonna be in these box suites looking down on you guys and blah blah blah. It's like I was like looking up like during the game. Granted, I was like blacked out the whole time, but I was like looking up. I was like, I don't see any box suites. It's just this is a little bowl. I mean, it's cool. I I actually I like a uh, little intimate stadium atmospheres uh i thought it was really cool but at the same time it's like bro this isn't fucking husky stadium this isn't uh like an sec stadium i mean this is like this is tiny it's it's not you know corvallis or pullman or you know but it's 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 a pretty pretty intimate atmosphere objectively so yeah i uh yeah, I, I I can't get over the uh, the the fifty and sixty year old men wearing the <laughs> wearing the fucking receiver gloves <laughs> and the oh, goatee. Wow. You didn't grow out of that. <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, you know, the, I've been... the impression I yeah go go ahead go ahead first. Bruce, is that my code name? <laughs> no, I mean, look, the impression I get from like Eugene and stuff is I, I, I get that there's a lot of like transplant money, like guys moving up from California, um, like kind of like a bend atmosphere, like they're kind of uh, bandwagon fans, like being an Oregon fan is kind of a cool thing to do down there. Um, you know, like you're moving to bend or, or one of those places. Um, that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the impression I got. I, I didn't get the a lot of the redneck wearing receiver glove stuff. I got a lot of the like 45 year old, 50 year old, like transplant money, like bandwagon kind of just, I don't know, pussy fan kind of vibe from them, which is fine. Like that's, that's what you want as a college football program in the PAC 12. Like you want like, you you want guys like that who are going to like pump money into your program who 
who are transplants or whatever. Like that's what Washington wants from the transplants moving up to Seattle, right? So instead of I, the I didn't get a lot contingent. of yeah, I, I didn't get a lot of the I didn't get a lot of the like rednecky receiver glove types, but that was just my experience. Like maybe Joey, you know, saw that more than me, I guess. Well, I remember because uh, I've been to Odson about eight times in my life, and the first time I was there when I was twelve, and there was only. 42,500, I think, in, in capacity for the stadium. And there was about eight to 9,000 Husky fans in the end zone from top to bottom. Yeah. And we took the place over, I remember, um, and the Duck fans were streaming out, and the band was playing. It was just us. But I remember in the first quarter, Oregon did something really good. They got a first down or whatever, and they had handed out something like, you know, ten or 20,000 kazoos. Mm-hmm. So they would blow into the kazoos, and it would sound like 20,000 ducks all quacking every time the ducks did something. And it, that was more bizarre than hearing the chainsaw in Corvallis. So, <laughs> so well, yeah, that's... Like 20 years ago, that was a big thing. Remember Thunderstick? <laughs> Say it again. They were like... They got thunder sticks banned, which was like these inflatable kind of like water fucking toilet. Oh, the, oh yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And like sport, sports, I think as a whole, stepped in and was like, uh, this is too loud. And like, you, you can't legally have this. <laughs> like, no, we're not doing this. Like, uh, and Oregon, I feel like, was like the one that they were like, the first one to like be shut down for doing the thunder sticks. Do you know in the in the 1980s the NFL literally instituted a penalty for too much crowd noise because of the Kingdom and the Seahawks yeah. fans would get penalized for being too loud? Yes, yeah. Well, there was a that's insane a, a clip going around uh, Twitter this week because of uh, Trevor Lawrence said something like that Arrowhead is just as loud as like Jacksonville Stadium or something, and there was a clip from like the 90s where Elway. That arrowhead, and he like goes to the ref and complains, and he's like in the in his own end zone, and the ref like tells the crowd like, "We need to stop the noise. Like if the noise is not stopped, yeah, like, Kansas right. City will be penalized." Like, uh, yeah, it's uh, my dad. <laughs> I was just gonna bring up your dad. But my dad's like, because his dad, who was born in like 1924, uh, would always say, "When is it like? When was it good sportsmanship to make so much noise? The other team can't." hike the ball. And my dad's like, they're going to start penalizing it. I'm like, no, they're not going to tell the opposing, uh, not, they're not going to tell fans who are paying money, like, we want you less involved in the game. Yeah. When they're already struggling yeah. to get people to go to sporting events. Like, yeah. But th- that's a funny thing. But yeah. I mean, thought, did, didn't your dad adopt that now, though? No, yeah, that's a new thing. That's too unfair. That's sportsmanlike. Yeah, they're not going to tell, like, fucking 12 and shit, or anyone who's like, that's because he just doesn't like to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the complaint every time it's the third down. Ah, God damn it, I gotta stand up. <laughs> but yeah, with, with the Oregon shit, kind of like that with the fan shit and the gloves. They always have to have some new gay fucking thing about it. Go, Ducks! Go! 
what the fuck? Like, where did that come from? Like, why? Like, why is that a thing now? Like, it, oh, like go duck. Yeah, like the O is just like it never stops. There's always like some new thing that's like cutesy pootsy and fucking stupid. Like go, like what? Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Thank Christ I was so fucking. I thank Christ I was so drunk that like the the next thing I remembered was us just kicking the field goal and then they had fifty seconds left to uh, drive the <laughs> length of the field. <laughs> that's that's pretty much my experience. It was like, yeah, I mean they were like really overly enthusiastic on like they go they they go run for like two or three yards and their fans are like jumping up and down or whatever. But I think that was a product of just. Washington's first drive when we went and just shoved it up their ass on that uh, first touchdown, I think their fans kind of realized, like, oh, shit, like, they're, like, fringe top 25, but really, like, this is going to be a game. And their fan, like, the entire stadium was really on edge from that timeout, except for the third quarter when they exploded. But, um, you know, I mean – yeah, they they were pretty classy. I didn't, I, I didn't. Uh, honestly, Oregon State in twenty twenty one down in Corvallis was like way worse than they were. Like those those guys were like I couldn't even get a beer without like a bunch of frat guys like coming up to me and like talking a bunch of shit. And it's like, bro, I'm not even in college. Like, go go away. I'm just trying to get a fucking beer. Like the or. I've said this. I've said this so many times before. Like people don't realize the hatred Beaver fans have for Husky fans. Yes. It oh, dude, it was so, it was brutal. Yeah, it go goes ahead. So far under the radar, it's not even funny. Oh, Joey, it, it was nine your... years. It was nine years of just like fuck you guys. Like we know we're better than you. After nine years, we know we're better than you. You're in our stadium, like. You know, they were ahead, I think it was 10-6, to 6, something like that. Uh, yeah, no, they were brutal. Like, the, the Oregon fans were way classier than the Oregon State fans were in 2021. And uh, that just reminds me, uh, fuck Jimmy Lake for, uh, for that experience. But anyways. So here's my impression of Joey's impression of a Beaver fan. <clears throat> fuck you! Fuck you, Huskies! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Well, they they were doing the Huck the Fuskies thing in the bathroom. They were doing, you know, Huck the Fuskies like at halftime when we were trying, you know, trying to take a piss. Huck the Fuskies. I mean, apparently, you know, Oregon State, like, hates Oregon, but they're doing all the same exact shtick against Husky fans with, uh, you know, all the chants and stuff, so... It was just, it was disappointing, dude. I I thought we were going to pull it out. Like when we went ahead of them in the end of the third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, I really thought we were going to pull that game out. I mean, I know, I know it's Jimmy Lake, but I, I thought he was going to pull it out. And uh, yeah, that was not a good experience. So no, we. If we, I remember uh, right, Oregon State ran right up the middle down that during that drive, didn't they? That final drive it, at the end of the yeah at the, at the end of the game, but in the fourth quarter, like we were ahead. Right. We, we were ahead. They and they came. They went and they like tied it or something. 
And then, like, we went and tried to do the quarterback sneak from, like, five yards out or four yards out or whatever <laughs> stupid thing it, it was. You know, yeah, yeah honestly, right. like, yeah, like, we, we, you know, terrible coaches, obviously. We, we you know, lost the game. But, uh, yeah, that was bad. Like, the next morning, like, just getting breakfast, trying to get a fucking – Bloody Mary, just so much like go bees, huck the fuskies. Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. It was way worse than in Eugene. So, you know, anti-Oregon uh, podcast, I got to give them credit for just, you know, obviously they act, they act like they've been there before because they have been there before. The bees have definitely not been there before. Whoa. Uh, Let me tell you, though, years, that, so. that's because Oregon beat us so much, though, and I know you're probably implying that there, but I can tell mm-hmm. you, though, from the mid-90s till probably the end of the Willingham era or early Sark, uh, Duck fans were nasty as hell. And then they just got yeah. so used to beating us that they just don't care anymore. But now they're they going to care. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly I right. That, I think that was it because I was standing in line to go to the bathroom in that, uh, in that like, tailgate pavilion they had this year. And, I mean, it was a pretty long line, so I'm just standing there. And I was literally, like, went all day without getting any shit talked to me. And I just kind of turned to the guy behind me, and I was like, you guys are starting to, like, creep me out. And he's like, why? I'm like, I've gotten no shit talking. He's like, well, you guys are going to get beat, so it's not going to matter. <laughs> like, and I'd already, like, said after that game, you know, when, when we were potting after the game, like, I, I, had, I had a good feeling, yeah. like, the whole week, like, we, we were going to win that fucking game. It was something something weird about uh, how, how Washington was kind of like the sleeping giant or something and needed, needed to I, be... I did, uh, too. Yeah. They, they needed to be, like, uh, woken up, you know, like, like amped up, finally amped up to play a to play a like a good opponent, you know. And I, I remember like just being in that bathroom line, like like this guy. I, I wish I could talk to this guy after the game, you know. Well, I think that's why 2018 pissed me off so much. Of like, it mm-hmm. felt like Washington was about to turn it. And they were like, mm-hmm. if they went down there two out of three years, they took a really good punch from Oregon, the fucking conference. The conference set the schedule up for them, and they still fucking won. And they won in that fucking miraculous way. Then guys were crying on the field and stuff like that. It was like, fuck. Like, that was in 2019 was, like, follow-up. Like, yeah, that's, like, a thing. Like, Washington had the chance to take it back to where it was, like, like I, you don't care as much anymore. Because, like, even going into that 2018, like, I cared a little less because I was like, well, they kind of put Oregon down, and then that game flipped everything. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think we did that last year. We kind of stumbled upon the like, you know what? The Beaver fans are way more fucking nasty than the fucking Duck fans now. Which mm-hmm. I mentioned it after the Civil War. Like when Oregon State won that game, their and their fans were like so psychotic. Oh yeah. Like, Oregon players mm-hmm. not letting them off the field, which, like, I fucking hate Oregon probably more than anyone. Like, their fans were out of fucking bounds with the way they were acting towards the, like, Oregon offensive linemen who, like, they weren't letting off the field and, like, spitting in their faces and stuff like that. For, like, yeah. for, like, 2023, I'm like, yeah. 
Like, there's no excuse for that dude punching a fan. Maybe there was. I don't know. But, but yeah, like, that was fucking ridiculous. Like, the way that, like, they, they were, like, acting to, like, their players for, like, that. Like, in 2023. Like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll say I, I, I hate uh, LeGarrette Blunt, but Bryce <clears throat> deserved to get his fucking, uh, his fucking face caved in. Like, what are you doing running up to him? Like, you're a you're a no-plane fucking depth guy, and you're, like, beating him on the shoulder and, like, talking shit to him after the game. Yeah, you deserve to get punched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's way worse being in Corvallis uh, in that atmosphere than it is in Eugene, like, 100%. The people in Eugene well, were super nice. Yeah, I mean, in Eugene, like, I mean, I had a, mo- a bunch of people saying, yeah, look, we're supposed to hate Washington, but we actually don't really hate you as much as Cal because we think that Cal uh, fucked up Justin Herbert's collarbone in 2017 on purpose <laughs> and fucked that season. <laughs> like, like literally, this is somebody who graduated in, like, 2019. I mean, just this, this girl telling me that. It's like, you know, they were super, super nice down there. In Corvallis, it was the complete opposite in 2021 and obviously it sucks, you know, going into that with a Jimmy, Jimmy Lake offense and stuff, but you know, so this a, year going, go, go ahead. I had a girl tell me at a, I had a girl tell me at a journey concert one time that uh, Ronnie Fouch <laughs> should, start, should start over Jake Locker. So who? Yeah. Some random girl. She was sitting next to us at a journey concert. No, no. Who should start? Ronnie Fouch over Jake Locker. Oh, maybe she was his cousin or something. Oh, I don't. Well, cousin or not, she was dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll start answering questions from the audience in about five to ten minutes, but uh, we'll we'll start to conclude here. Uh, if you guys want to channel any further hatred, now's your time. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say something. Uh, so 2019, like if you guys were at that game, um, they were they were fucking insane uh, for no reason, right? Because we we knew our team sucked that year. We already lost to Cal, Stanford, and stuff. They they were completely unbearable. They completely lost their mind. Cristobal was is about as classless as you could possibly be as a is a head coach who won a road game. Um, they're gonna be it's it's gonna be fucking nuts this year. Like, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be fire hose puking all over the Don James statue. You're gonna have a Ducks fan. He's his five year old's gonna be humping the you know the the husky uh, statue, the mouth of the husky statue. Um, they're going to be fucking insane. Uh, they're going to be fucking just off the wall. And all the Duck fans on the website who think that, you know, they're, you know, they're reasonable and they're a national brand and this isn't a big deal. You know, they're, they're full of shit. Like they're going to be fucking insane. Like 2019, they were fucking insane. Like they beat us the previous year and they were still just off the wall, classless, just, completely fucking, you know, just messed out, just completely insane in 2019. It's going to be worse this year with, with what DeBoer did down in Eugene. So 
Anybody well, listening to this podcast? Is, <laughs> yeah. Any any Husky fan who's like gonna go to the game has season tickets. Like, I'm just warning you now. Like, it's it's gonna be fucking nuts. Like, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be, you know, Landing's gonna treat it like uh, his job's on the line. Oh, and yeah. uh, I just I, I hope our coaching staff just I I, <clears throat> I hope DeBoer uh, does what he normally does where he's just kind of a humble Midwest guy and then he just inserts the plunger in sideways on them on offense so that's that's it oh he's a killer though I mean he is going forward on fourth and five you know as he did multiple times this year, including in the Apple Cup and stuff, when if it would have backfired, it could have cost us. Uh, that guy's got balls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love uh, DeBoer. He's got a lot of uh, oppressed hatred. I think he's got a lot of oppressed hatred for, for Oregon and, and stuff. Uh, I think he's going to come out and, you know, I, I really think that this coaching staff is elite, and I don't think they're going to leave Washington either. So I'm confident about the game, but I'm just saying, like, their fans are going to be, like, fucking – it's going to be like the fucking Chaz has surrounded Husky <laughs> Stadium. So. I mean, it's a good point. I think their team and coaching staff, I think after losing, I'm sure anyone around that program is, like, slapping Lanny in the face and, like, you don't lose to Washington. So he's going to be, like – Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I kind of got the impression – he even said some stuff – because uh, he played NIA, uh, NAIA, he said some stuff the week before, like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, DeBoer is like a legend and stuff like that. He said some res- respectful stuff. So he yeah. probably wasn't like Cristobal, who was like, our whole season is this fucking game. Uh, but Yeah, and, our co- and, and their coach is racist, and he does yeah, everything the wrong way. Yeah, so that's <laughs> a really good point. Next, but next year, I'm sure he's, there's going to be so much heat on him that, like, next year they're going to come into that game and they're going to be like, look, we can we can lose, like, Cristobal, like, we can lose our next two games, but if we win this game, like, that's all that matters. Yeah, dude, it, it's going to be it's going to be fucking Thunderdome. Like, it's, it's going to be fucking insane. That's that's all I have to say about it. I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to take my kid. Like, I took my I took my three year old to the Oregon State oh. game. Like, I'm not taking any of my kids or my wife. I'm not taking anybody to that game. Just just myself. And I'm probably, you know, it's a good move. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's. Yeah, go ahead. No, just take the toughest guys you know, and put your pit bull in the parking lot. <laughs> in your car, leave your car. Take your. Take your dark alley team. What? I gotta find the. I I gotta find the husky fan that I sat with for the Michigan State game. This guy was like three hundred pounds, and he was talking shit to the Michigan State game. Uh, Michigan State fans the entire time. He was like mocking all their chants and stuff, saying like "Tuck coming" and like "Buy green, buy white" and stuff like. You know, I was like talking shit to them, and then like they would look at me, and I'm like a six foot skinny guy, and then they would look at him, he's like a 300 pound dude who would kill them, and they would just like look down and like walk out of the stadium. Like I need, I need somebody like that. I need like, a, I need like a bodyguard type uh, going into this game. So <clears throat> even though it's at home. 
<laughs> yes, e- 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 even though it's at home. Yes. <laughs> well, let's let's go to uh, we'll head down the stretch here for the show. Let's answer some questions from our esteemed posters. Um, Seafeders Nacho Lover has a couple of questions for Hey. Hey, what do you hate more, light beer or Oregon? Uh, Oregon, definitely. I love light beer. Light and why beer do you have so much hay in your life? Going. Because uh, living down in Southwest Washington, I'm just I'm tired of their bullshit. I'm just a you know they're just they're a bunch of, they're, they're just a bunch of fucking dipshits, and uh, they deserve. Uh, they they deserve like a Willingham Jimmy Lake type of situation. Like Oregon fans deserve that at this point. So they might get it. Um, they almost had I, it I, with Taggart. They almost had it with Taggart. Mm, but they were cool. they were smart enough to pull. Well, I guess he left, right? Or did he get he fired? He fucking left. He ba- he fucking bailed them out too. That's right. They probably no, that, knew, like, he wasn't good. They would have held on no, to him that, for two or three more years. No, that, that's one of the things that pisses me off about Oregon fans is they play the replay of the fucking, uh, they, they, play, they, they, they play the stupid fucking play over and over and over from 1994. Like, we fucking set the punt return record on them and beat them, like, 30, 38 to 3, and we don't fucking yeah. care about that. Like, no, we never. Play, that's what we that's never what play pisses that. me off. Why, like, why don't we play that? Like they they fucking like had their second team to reach the national championship, and yet they fucking wear their stupid fucking retro uniforms uh, to commemorate like the stupid fucking play and stuff. Yet, like when we, you know, our whole thing with like Pettis returning, uh, you know, getting the the punt return record and shit, and just completely just blasting them. Like, we don't, like, nobody even remembers that, I feel like. I mean, that's the difference between the two schools. Is it, it's like what Cam Cleland says. Cam Cleland is 100% right. He said this on Portland Radio. He said, Washington doesn't need Oregon to tell their story. Oregon needs Washington to tell their story. Like, he that's just great. said that and was, like, excommunicated yeah. from Portland Radio forever. By saying that, but he's a hundred percent right, you know. Yeah, hundred percent right. Yeah, you know they they play that play, and it's like they were already leading the game. So it's not like it's not like Washington was was uh, ahead of that game. They were already ahead of. Well, that no, game. but no, but we were down on the. Uh, I think we drove to as far as the six yard line or eight yard line. I think first and goal. We had Napoleon. Uh, we were only three years removed from a national championship. Um, I know, two but, years but removed. You can't, you can't they, predict or, the future. On, you can't predict you the have future. To There's, you have to understand one thing, though. Leading up to that time, Oregon had time after time after time where they they had their own version of the 2000, uh, what was it, the 2019 game for them. Uh, 1985, I'll just give as one example, there was a wide receiver for Oregon named Seth Verdon. And Oregon was trailing 19-13 to 13 late in the fourth quarter, 
And uh, who's the quarterback? Miller. I forgot his first name. Chris um, Miller. Chris Miller, thank you. And he threw a perfect ball to Verdon, who was running a post route in the end zone, and he was three to four yards wide open. But he never turned around for the ball, and it sailed right over his shoulder. And I remember as we were driving, I was, how old was I then, 14 or whatever, my dad and I were driving away from the stadium, and the Rich Brooks show, the entire Rich Brooks show was him <laughs> wailing and moaning about how they had the chance to beat Washington and they blew it, you know. So they were always waiting for the uh, for the anvil to fall out of the sky and hit them in the head, and suddenly it didn't happen. It went the other way for them, and that's why it was such an an earth-shattering situation for them to have the pick. It wasn't just one moment yeah, in time. Yeah, no, it was. Is it. That, that's a great. That's a great point. I mean. You know, but I mean, I, I I don't know. As as a early thirties person in their stadium and they're playing the pick, they're a sixth ranked team in the country. They're playing the oh, pick in a yeah. fucking meeting. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's pathetic. Like Washington, we set the fucking punt return record and we fucking ass blasted them thirty eight to three. And like Washington doesn't even care about that. Like they're they're mm-hmm. you know Sam no, Cleveland. Ken Cleland is right to a certain extent. I'm not saying that like it doesn't mean something for Oregon to uh, to to be Washington. Some stuff. I'm just saying Cam Cleland is right. Like he's not an asshole. Like he's he's a fucking mm-hmm. NFL player. Like a really good Washington player. Like he's right when he says that. He, this is a Portland radio guy too. Like he's putting his fucking career on the line oh, saying no, this no, too. No, 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 no. I gotta stop you there. You know why Cam Cleland's got all those brains? <laughs> Cedra Woolley, baby. <laughs> Born and bred. Yeah. Well, he's, no, he, no. He's, he's, very, more he, big, he's, he's more of a rich, privileged, big lake kid, but he went to Cedra Woolley, so, you know. Yeah, but he's, you know, like I said, you know, his job is Portland radio down here. And uh, for him to just grab his balls and just say, look, fuck this. Like, this is the truth. Uh, I don't know if he's still even on radio down here. Um, so you got to give him credit for saying what's absolutely true. And when you bring it up, I mean, their fans get super fucking butthurt about that, too. That he said that even though it's 100% true. I mean, even look at 2018. Like, did losing to Oregon, was that like, did that make 2018 be, you know, did that really put a damper on 2018? No, it didn't. Like, we still won the conference, you know. We still went to the Rose Bowl. Like, he's 100% right in what he said. And, uh, you know, the the fact of the matter is that part of Oregon's identity is that Washington needs to be shitty, and if Washington's not shitty, if Washington's good, then they start getting super insecure. And that's what you're seeing now with, like, landing and stuff. you got a 36-year-old who's in a position that he's not really equipped to be in going up against a, a coach who has a fucking 90% winning percentage, who almost beat Oregon on the road with Fresno talent, who fucking beat him at Washington, like – that's why they're all insecure about their bullshit, like recruiting rankings and this and that and stuff, because 
they know, like, Washington's got a fucking elite coach right now. So, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll, the results will play out on the field this coming year. So, Well, yeah, you know that it's the same thing with USC, too, where they're like, yeah, your success also hinges on USC being down. Uh, like, there's, like, a funny thing in the middle of the chip era. It was, like, 2011, where USC actually had a good team. They went into Austin and won. Uh, and they were up by, like, 24 at one point, too. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's like, yeah, that, that's also part of their insecurity. It's like, yeah, they know. Like, you look at a fucking map of history, it's like, yeah, you need wa- or USC and you need Washington to be down for you to actually be successful for the most part. Like, at a high yep. level. But you- yep. So, so, so given that, like, their whole class, of, we're, we're the class of the conference, like, given that whole thing, like, we're the class of the conference. I mean, g- g- given all those facts, it's just like, okay, fine. I mean, you've, you know, Oregon's had some good teams. Like, you give them credit. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, bro, like, USC hired a pretty good coach. Like, I think he's kind of a, you know, insert puff rant about him. But Washington has a fucking good coach, too. I mean, like, you guys got to fucking prove it on the field now. Like, you got to stop with this bullshit national brand fucking bullshit storyline. Like, none of that matters when you fucking play us on the field. And they have to come up to Washington now. So, we'll see. I mean, we'll see who's right. We'll see who's right between our fans and their fans. I I don't know. We'll, We'll see. Fan, yeah, fan fight. Let's see here. Bananas and Blondes has a couple of questions. One, how impressed are you guys by Lanning's ability to quickly replace the overrated bums that Crystal Bull brought in with the hardworking, high-character kids who put the team first? I fucking uh, ripped. I fucking ripped like two massive cigars in the course of the first part of this podcast. Landing, landing, fucking choked on like a quarter of one. So I'm not. I'm not impressed. Well, I'm, I'm not impressed with second, their ability. Banana Zablon's second question was also, which is more embarrassing, the my first cigar cough or the tattoo? Tattoo. The cigar. <laughs> we should run. A yeah, ball. I mean the tattoo. I don't know. The the, the part of the, the problem with the tattoo is if you're going to go do something fucking stupid like that, don't leak it out. Like yeah, he's got is- enough money. <laughs> he he's got yeah. enough money. Go 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 to a fucking tattoo artist and have him go do it and say, look, bro, I'm giving you enough money. Don't put this on Twitter. Do not put this on fucking social media, please. Like, he's got enough money to go do that. He's such a fucking idiot that he just let it happen, and so then everybody's making fun of him. I mean, I just, again, 36-year-old acting like a 26-year-old, period. You guys remember when, uh, are you you old enough to remember when Don James got the tattoo of the dragon wings on his shoulders? (laughs) (laughs) Well, wasn't it because him and his wife met at uh, a P.F. Chang's? (laughs) You that know was the story. Best, well, that was no. That was the best part about the Lanny tattoo. It's almost like, what the fuck is the boomerang? And someone's like, him and his wife met working at Outback Steakhouse. And someone's like, is it real? <laughs> like, 
yes, yes, it is real. It's like, oh my fucking god, Jesus! It 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 speaks to the fact that he's just way the fuck in over his head, and he just. You know, it just he knows how to appease Phil Knight and stuff. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I just, like, all the signs point to the fact that he's, like, a huge fuck-up. But, you know, it's it's not set in stone. But I don't know. I'm, we'll see. I, I, I personally think he is not going to succeed. But we don't know, as we're all saying. And, you know, Mike Leach, a lot of people thought he was a weird duck, and he was. Uh, I, I personally enjoyed him immensely all the time. But... Uh, he ended up being successful, so uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Pullman Pullman was the perfect place for Leach, though. Yes, that was yeah, the perfect place. Sure. That that was like the only place where they were going to put up with, you know, the yeah. kind of goofy, the goofy antics and shit like well, that. Starkville. Like well, that's what I mean. Like small, small college towns where. Right. He doesn't have to put up with big media, you know. Or if you're gonna if you're gonna uh you know, interview with uh, Scott Woodward and President Amherd, you might not want to show up to the interview wearing flip flops. Just to... Yeah. <laughs> well Yeah. Well yeah, that's why Lane to me feels more like Sark, where like Sark was never gonna go like three and eight at Washington, but he was gonna always go like seven to six he just feels like a guy like yeah he has this stupid, yeah he has this raw raw energy he'll be able to attract and pay for enough enough baseline talent to where they're not gonna lose but i i would be so fucking shocked if they ever actually truly were like you know uh a top 10 team but yeah i don't think he's gonna go i don't think he's gonna crash and burn on the field but I could see him crashing Bernie in his personal life just because that shit's so fucking bonkers. Well, I, I think he averages like eight eight point two what eight point whatever wins per season. He's got like you know seven seven win dip. Then he'll get like a you know ten win like limp dick season. You know I think he'll do that and then like you know, Phil Knight and all the athletic directors, they'll be like, well, whatever, he's a young coach, you know? Like, they're they're stuck in the same trap Washington was with uh, Sarkeesian. They're just going to be like, well, he's young. He's got to learn, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're going to drag this out, like, fucking five seasons. I guarantee you. It, well, it's not going to be like a Jimmy Lake thing. It's not going to be a Jimmy Lake thing. Like, Lanning, you know, he he's not so stupid as to fucking go punch his own player on the sideline in the middle of a game or anything like that. <laughs> There's only like, one person that's special. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we had him. Yeah, they're 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 stuck with him like four or five years, no matter what. Like he's got to go, he's got to go like seven wins, eight wins. Like he's got to average that over like four or five seasons before Oregon is like, okay, this isn't working out. Which no, which is a he, nice thing for Washington. If he if he loses three in a row to like Washington or three in a row to the Beeve, mm-hmm. he's in some serious hot water. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not going to lose to the Beeves. Like that was a fucking fluke. Like, he'll know. still beat the Beeves. I don't know. He'll 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 beat the Beeves. He'll beat the Beeves. He'll like maybe beat Washington like one year after next year or something. He'll 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 I I I just I guarantee you he'll he'll keep it afloat enough to to be able to last there another like four seasons or something but 
I don't know. Maybe he says fuck you, and he just he's he's good. I I I don't know. But the signs right now point to him not being that great. Like he's he's not very yeah. mature. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I'm absolutely. With you the, I'm with you on the beef because their rivalry is not not quite as lopsided as you know the Husky Coog rivalry, but you know similar in that the Beavs will get like one game maybe two, and then the Ducks will go on a run of, like, four or five in a row. And then then the Bees will get one, and then the Ducks will go on another little run of three or four in a row. Yeah. You know. They, they, I, don't think, well, you, I don't think Oregon has, a, like, a big run of, like, ten in a row like the Huskies do against the Cougs. Well, I mean, you want to talk about anti-Oregon podcasts, like, Jesus Christ, like, like towards the end of that game, like when they were playing uh, Oregon State, like I thought, like yeah, I mean they were driving it. I thought, okay, well they like coughed up the lead or whatever, but Oregon's still gonna win that game. Like they're they're not gonna blow an eighteen point lead or whatever. So I went and left uh, to go get takeout from my family, and uh, I was like driving in my car, and I, I happened to turn the radio station to like their official, you know, play by play station. And I actually heard them, like, have to go through play-by-play, like, like the end of that game, where, where Oregon State just fucking ended them. And uh, I actually had to listen to, like, you know, their, their, their play-by-play guys basically say, yeah, we went from, like, the favorite to, to make the Pac-12 championship to, uh, you know, we're just, we're fucked, like... Oregon State just ended our season. It was the most glorious thing ever, and it was just completely accidental too. Just listening to them, listening to them have to say, "Yeah, you know, like we went from like number six in the country to uh, you know we're gonna go fucking play in a baseball stadium." Uh, it, it was a pleasant surprise. I'll just say that much. And I didn't even care. I didn't care if they uh, would have won that game or not. Um, I thought Oregon State actually got really, really lucky because of all the special teams gas that they had in that game. Um, but, uh, I mean, it just it speaks to uh, just how is that not a huge red flag with their coaching staff? Like, they were horrible the last month of their season in the critical moments of uh, every game they played, like, how is that not just a huge red flag that they just got destroyed in the fourth quarter of like every game they played, except for when they played against uh, Colorado. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not saying their coach can't turn it around, but it's just, it's dudes, 36 years old, choking on a cigar, trying to send some message to, uh, He's choking on a cigar trying to send some message to some other school for some recruits he stole or whatever. Like, just it doesn't add up to, like, them winning the conference next year. It, it looks like like nine, it looks like a nine-win season for them. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Do you know when Oregon and Oregon State play each other, do you know what the name of the trophy is that they award every year to the winning alumni association? Uh, the, the flyover cup? The platypus trophy. 
Oh, I thought that was a joke. Yeah, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> that, that's a real thing? It says, though not officially oh. recognized by the universities, the Platypus Trophy is awarded annually yeah. to the winning alumni association. Oh. Yeah, that, that's... That's literally the one thing that Jay Inslee didn't fuck up is, like, the the Apple Cup is just the Apple Cup. Like, that's the one thing he hasn't fucked up. Take it so, to the tug. <laughs> Take it to the tug. <laughs> Take it to the tug. <laughs> I mean, the by, by the way, the, I, the, the problem with the Civil War is that they said, like, oh, it can't be called the Civil War. So then, like, they went for, like, a year, and people were like, okay, well, what, what, what are we going to call it then? And they're like, well, I don't know. Like, the schools can't agree on what it's going to be called or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, like if, you're, if, you, if you don't want to call it the Civil War, then, like, say what you want to call it. I mean, Jesus Christ. They, like, they just completely fucked that up. So what is it called now? Just the platypus cup? That's fucking stupid. There's no platypus in the state of Oregon. That just makes no sense. That's stupid. And I'll throw this in. I don't know whether it'll be of interest or not, but Joey was saying a few minutes ago that it's like Oregon will win five in a row, and then Oregon State will win one, and then Oregon will win four in a row. And in recent years, that's very true, but starting in 1998, uh, Oregon State won, then Oregon won, 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 then Oregon State won two in a row, then Oregon won seven in a row, Oregon State won, won one, Oregon won three in a row, and then the last three years it was been Oregon State, Oregon, Oregon State. So it's uh, it's not as been as dominated by Oregon as we were thinking. No, I was, I was actually just looking it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yep, that's where I'm at. <laughs> uh, also, also, I went down this weird. I know that. Uh, I know that the Apple Cup is like one of the most lopsided rivalry games in college football, and I want to say it's like number two or number three as far as you know, like games played over like fifty matchups or something like that. And I, I was just telling Wooly Dude, I was like, I think Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma is, like, above them, but I can't remember how far. And uh, so just for reference, the uh, the Apple Cup is, I think it's 74 versus 38 or something like that. 74, 38, and 7 or some weird thing like that. Yeah. Uh, the, Bedlam, the Bedlam game... <laughs> Is uh, Oklahoma leads ninety-one to nineteen? Wow! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like, oh man, I was looking at that number. I I had to like rub my eyes, and make sure it was correct. No. Could you imagine being a Cowboy fan? Holy shit! They went uh, no. They fucking beat Oklahoma. They lost, they lost 19 in a row. Holy shit. They fucking beat Oklahoma and then kicked Chris Peterson's ass in 2014. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Arizona Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Was it the Cactus Bowl? Yeah, Cactus Bowl. Yeah. My, my, dad, my dad was like, my dad was like, oh, yeah, like they wouldn't play for Chris Peterson or whatever. I was like, dude, I don't know. Like Chris Peterson's offense fucking sucks. Like we'll see. I mean. 
it was like but, Shelton, Takaha, Shaq Thompson, Marcus Peters, yeah. defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they couldn't beat anybody. Uh, but yeah, that is a forgot. That's a game I cannot almost. I can barely remember anything about. That was a weird season. Uh, uh, they had like a they had like a defensive line, four hundred pound fullback, <laughs> fucking douchebag, catching a pass or something and getting all jacked up and. Yeah, that Mason Rudolph was the quarterback, right? Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Yeah. Yeah, nobody nobody thought my, my dad over was the like the helmet that game. <laughs> well, yeah, my my dad was like, "Oh, yeah, they won't play for Peterson like the, you know, the players won't play for Peterson or whatever, but the reality was that Peterson's offense just sucked. I mean, yeah. you saw it play out over the next 5 years. Yeah. But, and bailed out only by the brilliance of Miles Gaskin, really. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and John Ross. And John. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so final question. I mean, there's a bunch of questions on here, and so people might get mildly irritated at me for not asking them, but they're not serious questions, and we've, we're over two hours already. So, But Texas Dog has a serious question. It says, uh, I'd like to hear a recounting of the best, worst interactions with Duck fans. We've talked about it a little bit. Well, somebody um, posted the picture of the guy. Somebody posted a picture of the guy I actually talked to in the pavilion. He was wearing the <laughs> the stupid fucking wig and the Ted Bundy shirt. And I had to... Uh, yeah, I, had... I posted it on the... Uh, it might have been the game. for. I can't remember what it was, but... Uh, yeah, I had to tell him like, uh, yeah. So uh, you know, my wife and Wooly Duke's uncle, he recommended you know uh, a girl go to Central Washington and be a you know you know she'd really like it at that college, and then she got murdered by Ted Bundy. <laughs> so I told that fucking. Well, it's like it's like you know you wear that shirt, you think it's you think it's fucking funny, and it's it's really it's not that funny. Really, correct. Know, it's, yeah, it's it's you know we're n- none of us are celebrating Ted Bundy. Like you're honestly celebrating Ted Bundy by putting his fucking his fucking picture, you know, his face on on a shirt. You know, it's I. You know, does does like Kansas State fans? I don't know where I don't know where the. Yeah, it, it's like us, it's like us playing shirts about Prefontaine fucking killing himself. I mean, stupid. Yeah, which is not fake. Yeah, like seriously, you know. It, it, it's like Husky fans talking about like Prefontaine and stuff. I mean, it's just like yeah. or any other tragedy. I mean, it's just they they don't do it. We don't do it. We don't care. You know, it's it's. It's not something we do. I mean, uh, for some reason. Yeah, he went to Wichita State. He was a shocker. EPK, Dennis Well, wait a minute now. I have to push back on one thing. What? Because, all right, because before we start uh, patting ourselves on the back for being such classy fans compared to Oregon, uh, how many times have I had to shake my head when I see the word gurgle on my screen? I I don't do – I don't put gurgle on – Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't say you did. Not me. <laughs> what does gurgle back do with it? Because the Todd Doxy drowned in the Willamette River. Oh my God! 
So you got there's at least a half a dozen people that still post gurgle to this day, and it really, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. They get downvoted, right? It's it's well, not classy, and like I <laughs> hope that nobody ever does it ever again. It's I've never thought it was funny ever. I've no, never thought either. it was funny. Yeah. So okay. So next time, next time the Huskies play Wichita State, we're gonna wear we're gonna wear a BTK shirt, right? <laughs> Does Wichita State hey, even have a football uh, team anymore? How about they're done? They're done. Yeah, the Cougs can't do it anymore you with, with fucking. What's that dipshit name? I think that guy wanted to be Ted. He he wanted to be a Ted Bundy, but didn't realize. Probably. I think he was didn't realize like, oh, DNA and fucking cell phone towers. You you can't do that shit. Yeah, like, you have fucking surveillance <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so should our uh, serial serial killer hot talk be part of a bonus pod? <laughs> We're getting this. We're uh, we're segueing into a true crime pod. <laughs> we're trying to branch out. <laughs> so well, I mean, okay, to, well, answer, to answer that guy's question, to answer that guy's question, like my my worst thing, probably you know, just to throw a bone to the duck fans, uh, you know, anti Oregon podcast, uh, two thousand twenty one. Um, I was I, I had tickets to go see Lakers against the Blazers after the stupid fucking game last year, um, and uh, you know it's halftime at the Blazer game, and this kid comes up to me talking shit to me, and he's got a hat on. It doesn't say Oregon Ducks, doesn't have the O on it, doesn't say Ducks. It just says Uncle Phil on it. Um, <laughs> so. Oh. So, so I just every every fiber in my being just told me, you know, to like, you know, hey, just you gotta just you gotta take it, dude. You got John Donovan, Jimmy Lake, like Rob Lava. In that moment, it was just like, you know, it's just it's it's tough to take, bro. Like it's tough to take the it's tough to take to see somebody that has a hat that says Uncle Fucking Phil. They beat you by ten points. Like they played a shitty game. They're they're not a good team. They're about to get ass blasted by Utah, you know, but you got some like nerdy kid with an uncle Phil hat saying, Hey man, like it's a tough break. You know, it's a tough break that we just beat you guys. You're like blah, 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 you know? So that's kind of why all the vitriol comes from, from beating them this year. It's just, you know, they kind of earn it. Um, Not to get, we're, we're running pretty late, but yeah, the whole, like the whole embracing of the Uncle Phil thing is just weird to me. I mean, I get it. Like, there's like Dempsey and stuff who support Washington, but like, yeah, if the program was like that was that dynamic of Washington, like, sure, I'd accept it, but I'd feel kind of weird about it. I wouldn't like think it was like like a cool thing. And also, it's pretty funny to explain it to people that don't know sports. Uh, my girlfriend doesn't really know football, and I was like explaining the hatred for Oregon. And I was like, yeah, like the owner of Nike and Nike like has all their support. And she was like, do they win every game ever? And I'm like, no, they're, they're yeah. It's like, like, how don't they? <laughs> it's like, yeah, if, yeah. If Nike basically yeah. runs the program, like that is just, such a gigantic leg up. So that, it, it, yeah. And it's weird. If I was an Oregon fan and I was in like the concourse at the, you know, the Moda center and I saw somebody wearing an uncle Phil hat talking shit to a, 
Husky fan, I would say, you know, dude, you just, just please just shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. Just please just go away. Just go away, dude. Like nobody gives a shit about that. You know, like the uncle Phil stuff is just embarrassing. The other 11 schools think you're embarrassing. Like just go away, please. Uh, and the, yeah. Speaking of hats, a few years ago, uh, oh no, I'm going to forget who this was. It was was it it wasn't Norwegian Husky. Oh, forgive me. There was whoever whoever it was, whoever it was from Texas that started the uh, make the Huskies great again, and we sold hats, uh, and there might have been buttons and whatnot. So I get a I get a thing in the mail the other day from uh, Joey Dangerously. And I uh, at the at my at my PO box and I open it up and lo and behold it's a purple hat with gold trim thing and it says uh, keep the Huskies great. So. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> so on that note, hey hey, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us and uh, you know you're welcome back in the future if you want to come back. We really appreciate you being here today. Yep, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Like loved loved all the conversation. Thank you guys. Yeah, you bet. So, gentlemen, and I use that term loosely. Until we talk again, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right. Bye. See you guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level level of cyber peyote, peyote come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...